0: Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories, with your host, Brian Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring workday. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Ball of Fire from 1941. The studio was RKO Radio Pictures, the release date, well, there was an exclusive opening on New Year's Eve in 1941 in Boston, but really the film came out for the rest of the United States on January 9th, 1942. The running time, 111 minutes, and it was in black and white. The box office took in supposedly $2.2 million, and this is from a Variety magazine article in 1943, that would be the equivalent of roughly $40 million today. However, the film was a big hit at the box office at the time. However, because of the terms of Samuel Goldwyn's deal with RKO, RKO actually recorded a loss of $147,000 on the film. Leonard Malden from his classic movie guide gives it three and a half out of four stars. His quick little synopsis is a burlesque dancer moves in with eight prissy professors led by Gary Cooper in order to explain slang for their new encyclopedia. It's a delightful twist on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves by screenwriters Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 100% fresh from 27 reviews. Their critics' consensus is a splendidly funny twist on the story of Snow White. Ball of Fire boasts a pair of perfect leads in Gary Cooper and Barbara Stanwyck. Now, I'm not exactly sure when I saw this film, but it was likely when I was in my early 20s and I was scouring the TV listings for classic movies from my favorite actors, and Barbara Stanwyck and Gary Cooper were and are now two of my favorites. Okay, let's get into the main cast. You, of course, have Gary Cooper who plays Professor Bertram Potts. And Cooper's career began in the mid-1920s, mostly in silent westerns. Now, once talkies became the norm, Cooper's career began to rise. Also, he was one of the few actors that was very tall in stature because he was six foot three. Now by the mid-1930s, Cooper was one of the top actors in Hollywood, often appearing in American folk hero-type roles like Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, The Plainsman, where he plays Wild Bill Hickok, Bo Guest, Meet John Doe, and Sergeant York, which he won an Oscar for Best Actor. Also the same year in 1941 as Ball of Fire, Cooper starred in The Pride of the Yankees portraying New York Yankees great Lou Gehrig. Now some fun trivia, Cooper was the first choice to play Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind. But he had doubts about the project, and looking back, he said he was right to turn down the role because he felt Clark Gable was perfectly cast. Barbara Stanwyck plays Sugar Puss O'Shea. Stanwyck's career began in the early 1920s as a Ziegfeld girl and later on Broadway. Eventually, she moved towards films in the late 1920s before the production code was set. She was often playing seductive vamps. Her big breakout role was in 1937 for Stella Dallas, in which she was nominated for Best Actress. Some other notable films prior to Ball of Fire include Remember the Night with Fred McMurray, The Lady Eve with Henry Fonda, which we will cover at some point, and Meet John Doe, also with Gary Cooper. All these are great films, and I do own them. The director, Howard Hawks. Hawks was one of the most respected directors of his generation, and he would continue to make great films for his entire career until his retirement in the late 1960s. Prior to Ball of Fire, his notable films included 20th Century, Barbary Coast, bringing up Baby with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn, Only Angels Have Wings, His Girl Friday, and Sergeant York. Now, sometimes I bring up the screenwriters because, well, they're always very important, but sometimes they end up having a huge name, and you have two of the biggest in Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett. Now, Wilder would go on to become one of the most beloved directors of his generation, and I covered both of their careers in the Midnight episode starring Claudette Colbert. Wilder would soon become a director in the 1940s, while Brackett would continue his successful writing career in the 1940s and 50s. So although Ball of Fire was directed by Howard Hawks, Wilder had already decided that he needed to direct his screenplays to protect them from the studio and other directors' interference. Hawks was happy to let Wilder study his directing on the set, and Wilder thereafter directed his own films. So Ball of Fire was very important to him. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins with the following message. Once Upon a Time, in 1941 to be exact, there lived a great tall forest called New York. Eight men who were writing an encyclopedia. They were so wise, they knew everything. The depths of the oceans, and what makes a glow-worm glow. And what tune, Nero fiddled while Rome was burning. But there was one thing about which they knew very little, as you shall
1: see. Make the same. It's good for you. Spring? Yeah. Well, you're gulping it up. There won't be enough left to go around. Isn't
2: it very hot for so early in April, Dr. Gorkakov? I'm not surprised. This recent bombardment by ions from the sun. You see, temperature is due to the quantity of molecular energy. Hey, hey, stop,
3: stop. If you don't want me to retaliate by reciting all the
4: tributary branches of the Amazon. Incredible that only last week we were drawing lots for our hot water bottle.
5: Observe the Forsythia, or Golden Bell. I never knew it to bloom so early.
6: Gentlemen, gentlemen, it's 8.46, gentlemen. Oh, that's just once more around the park.
1: Before we go back to our mausoleum. I
6: saw a scarlet tanager which must have flown all the way from Florida just to enjoy it. 1,500 miles? Our yes. constitution constitutional has taken up too much time already. We're working under pressure. After nine years of effort, we are, as the racetrack enthusiast might say, in the home stretch. Three more years and our encyclopedia will be finished. Let's not bog down in the middle of the letter S.
1: All right, all right, that's done
6: it. It's now 849, gentlemen. I, for one, am
7: going back to work. <laughs> Teacher's pets. Ah. Bertram caught the interruption.
1: The eternal no, no, ma'am. Back home, back home. Oh,
7: well, it may be raining this afternoon anyway. Good morning, Miss Bragg.
5: Good morning.
7: Good morning, Miss Bragg.
5: Good morning. Good
7: morning, Good morning, Miss Bragg.
5: Good morning. Oh, Bragg. morning. Good morning, oh, uh, Miss Bragg. Good morning, Professor. Gentlemen, before you get down to work, I've got something to say. One of you made off with a jar of strawberry preserves from my pantry last night. I located the empty jar on the shelf behind the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. That seems to indicate our historian, Professor Peekum.
1: I did no such thing, Miss Bragg.
5: I'm not accusing anybody, but until it's cleared up, I think we'll dispense with jam for breakfast. Miss Bragg. Yes, Professor Audley.
4: I am the one. I was writing about strawberries when suddenly I got a horrible
5: craving. Crime confessed. It's half atoned. (sighs) Miss Bragg, Miss Bragg. I, 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 I had some material here. but, but what happened to it? What happened? I blushed for my duster when I did your desk. You'll find everything in the middle drawer, face down. I'm just starting my article on sex, Miss Bragg. Any objections? No, I trust you have more control of yourself than Professor Oddley. Mm. Professor Gukakoff, your window shade again.
8: Yes, Miss Bragg.
5: It's a crime to carelessly expose this good carpet.
6: You've just committed a more serious crime, Miss Bragg. You have split an infinitive. Never to carelessly expose, always to expose carelessly.
5: I'm not here to juggle words. It's my job to conscientiously see that this house is... Oh,
6: you've just split another one, Miss Bragg. Professor... Uh Here's what you may call it. Who? The lawyer for the
9: Foundation. And Miss Totten's with him.
5: Oh. And this place looking like a flipper's
1: nest.
6: (laughs) (laughs) That maneuver down my spine was very
7: unnecessary. Was it, my dear Potts?
1: I I could... Hi. I hope you don't mind. I came through the kitchen. Who are you? I'm the garbage man. I want to find out something about Cleopatra. Cleopatra? Yeah, this is some kind of a library a school, isn't it? Neither. We are writing an encyclopedia. Bicyclo-what?
6: An encyclopedia. A work which endeavours to compile and catalogue all human knowledge.
5: Say, that's just what I need. Young man, did you come through my kitchen? That's right, sister. I'm not your sister and you get out.
6: Oh, now, Mr. Bragg. Please, 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 Mr. Bragg, we find this intensely interesting. Go on, please.
5: You can't tell me he's not infested with germs. Then go and get your gas mask now, shoe, scat, skedaddle. Please, uh, won't you take a seat? Thanks, Bo. I seen all
1: these books through the window and I figured that maybe you could help me out. In uh, what way, young man? With this quizola they got on the radio. This what? Corn crunchies Quiz Quiz. Send in a hundred box covers and you stand to make a little dough. Well, with my opportunities, I got about 3,000 box covers together. Only some of the answers you have to send into the questions, you know, like True or false? Uh, you have those questions here? Yeah, sure. Well, that's very interesting. Question one. Cleopatra died, A, from swallow on a needle, B, from snake bite, C, from hiccups.
4: That's my province. I cover history. The correct answer is B.
7: Cleopatra, queen of Egypt, daughter of Ptolemy the Thirteenth, born 69 B.C. Killed
1: herself on the 29th day of August, 30 B.C. by placing an asp to her bosom. A what? An asp. A small snake. Well, patch my panty waist. Well, well, next. Uh, which way would you say it? Two and two is five, two and two are five, two and two makes five. <laughs> Professor Potts covers English. <laughs> did you hear the question, Potts? I did. As the uh, verb is always
6: governed by the subject, the correct answer is two and two are five.
7: Parts. Oh, no, parts.
1: Correct for a grammarian, perhaps. But not for a mathematician. Two and two are four. (laughs) That's a good one. Nobody's going to get that. Well, I certainly am obliged. I could use a bundle of scratch right now on account of I met me a mouse last week. Mouse? What a pair of games. A little in, a little out, and a little more out. I'm still completely mystified. Well, with this dish on my hands and them giving away 25 smackaroos on a quizola. Smackaroos? Uh, uh, s- smackaroos? Uh, what are smackaroos? No a smackaroos... Word. No such word exists. Oh, don't, huh? A smackaroos is a dollar, pal. Oh, the accepted vulgarism for a dollar is a buck. The accepted vulgarism for a smackaroos is a dollar. That goes for a banger, a fish, a buck, or a rug. What about the mouse? The mouse is the dish. That's what I need the moolah for. Moolah? Yeah, the dough. We'll be stepping me in the smooch. I mean, the dish. I mean, the mouse, you know. Hit the jiggles for a little rum boogie. Please, please, not so bad. Brother, we're going to have some hoy, toy, toy. Hoy, toy, toy. Yeah. And if you want that one explained, you go ask your papas. Mm. That's Archie. His water's getting hot. Well, thanks again, gents. And if you ever want to get into a contest sometime, just call on me. Maybe you got the brains, but I got the box covers. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.
0: And that's the brilliance of the world we live in. While the eight professors, who are all experts and incredibly knowledgeable in their fields, they don't have, quote-unquote, street smarts like the garbage man displayed in his own colorful language. Professor Potts, played by Gary Cooper, realizes that he hasn't covered modern slang enough for the encyclopedia, and so he decides to do some real-life research to update his data. Now, this is a good time to point out for the younger listeners who may not even know what a hard copy encyclopedia is. So, before the advent of the internet, which, frankly, the internet is almost like a never-ending encyclopedia of true and false information, uh, if you wanted to know anything historical, you looked in a book and many volumes of this book known as an encyclopedia for specific subjects to research. Now, this may seem all antiquated today, but that effort to achieve knowledge seemed a lot more satisfying pre-internet than today when it just takes a couple keystrokes and a click of a mouse. We go back to the movie, and we get a montage of Professor Potts roaming the city for examples of real-life slang. He hitches a ride with the garbage man, and he listens to a teenager selling newspapers and conversations on a bus, He goes to a baseball game, he goes to a college campus and a pool room, and finally a nightclub where he watches a performer named Sugar Puss O'Shea, played by Barbara Stanwyck.
10: What You see the drummer stomping Drum boogie, drum boogie It really is a killer Drum boogie, drum boogie The drum boogie boogie.
11: woogie The rhythm won't offend you It's really gonna send you
10: Drum boogie, drum boogie It really is a killer Drum boogie, drum boogie The drum boogie boogie. woogie You hear the piano rock See the
2: drummer
8: stomping. Drum
10: boogie, drum boogie. Drum boogie! The cat's a killer dealer. Drum boogie, drum boogie. The drum boogie boogie. Come on, who knock yourself out?
0: Now the band playing is Gene Krupa and his orchestra. Now Potts is enthralled with Sugar Puss, but she's in a jam as we discover after her performance.
11: Quickest right. What's the fever? Oh, listen, you gotta take it on a land. Yeah, they're looking for you. Who? The district like attorney. Why? You gotta get dressed and out of here before they slap a subpoena on you. A subpoena? Shh, come on, we'll talk about it in the dressing room.
8: But why can't you tell me now?
12: What is all this subpoena business?
4: On
11: account of Benny the Creep had an accident.
12: I never heard of Benny the Creep. Who's he? One of
11: the boys. He was on kind of an errand when he grazed into a police car. They're dope.
12: And for that I've got to hide out? That don't make sense, Preston. No, you see, when the bulls gave Benny a ticket,
11: they saw Kinnick in the back of the car. Dead.
12: In the accident?
11: That's what Benny was trying to tell him. Only they saw Kinnick's feet. They was in a cake of cement. Benny was going to dump him in the East River. That was the error. Hey, what is all this?
12: Where do I come in? Wait a second. Is Joe Lilac mixed up in this?
7: The D.A. had him picked up about a half hour ago. That's why we're here. That's why you got to beat it.
12: Joe Lilac mixed up in a murder? Yeah. I don't believe it. Not for a second.
11: He was framed, Shuggy. Honestly, he was me. I dropped down dead. Wasn't he, Asma? Yes, and there was them pajamas they found. Pajamas? Yeah, that's where you come in. Remember the dozen pink ones you give to the boss last Christmas? Before you knew that the only color Joe Lilac wears is lilac? Yeah. So we handed them out to the boys. And in the suitcase right beside Benny the creep when he gets caught is a pair with a big J.L. monogram. Mm-hmm.
6: I'd like to speak to Miss O'Shea regarding an investigation I'm conducting. Okay, we'll take care of it. Just a minute. How do you do, Miss O'Shea? Hello. I hate to intrude like this, but my business.
12: What is it?
6: Well, this uh, inquiry is one of considerable importance.
12: Stop beating up with the gums. What was that? Get this. I don't know from nothing.
6: Oh, but you do. Every word you say proves as much. Where's that paper?
12: Sapini. Suppose you tell a D.A. to take a nice running jump for himself.
6: Bewildering. And you want to tell me you're not the person I'm looking for.
12: Hey, how many of you are on this job?
6: Uh, the entire project, eight.
12: Oh, the other seven waiting outside?
6: Oh, no, they're at home sound asleep, I imagine. Asleep? Yes, they go to bed at nine every night.
12: you mean to tell me with crime what it is in New York? Say, are you a bull or aren't you?
6: Well, if bull is the slang word for professor, then I'm a bull. A professor? <laughs> of English. Oh. I thought there was some misunderstanding.
12: It sure was. You
6: see, I'm conducting an investigation on current slang. Would you object if I used you for observation and study?
12: Yeah, I would. Well, if
6: I could have your assistance for just a few days, it would be. Out, good.
12: out, Professor.
6: You, then you won't help me?
12: No, out. Shove in your clutch.
6: Shove in your clutch. Exactly the kind of thing I want. Perhaps if I could come back here again when you have more time.
12: Save the guess. I won't be here after tonight.
6: Well, look, here's the address of the foundation. If you should happen to change your mind by any chance, it's my residence as well.
12: Listen, not now.
6: Well, I'll just leave it here.
12: Okay, scrow, scram, scraw.
6: The complete conjugation. All right, I'll scrawl. Should
8: be
1: fussing around. You haven't got time to get there. All
12: right, so man, go Out
8: the window. Man. I think you're a pair of crack dice. Oh, look out,
0: Mister! After Potts leaves, two men from the district attorney's office arrive to talk to Sugar Puss, but she escapes with pastrami and asthma. <laughs> Yes, those are their names, and they escape in a taxi. While deciding where to hide out, Sugar Puss finds the card given to her by Professor Potts with the address of the institute where he and the other professors live and work at. Potts tells the other professors about his exciting day of research, and then there's a ring at the door. I think you can guess who it is.
6: This is our work room. Oh. The uh, living quarters are upstairs.
12: Whee, oui, that's a lot of books. All of them different? I trust? Uh huh.
6: May I have your coat? Yeah,
12: thanks. Oh, Greek philosophy. I've got a set like this with a radio inside.
6: Uh, Are you sure you don't want your coat?
12: No, I'm fine. Except I've got a run in the stocking. Well, how do we start, Professor? You see, this is the first time anybody moved in on my brain. Have you got some kind of a machine, an X-ray or a vacuum cleaner, maybe, that sorts out the words you want? What's your method, Professor?
6: Well, it's quite simple. If you'll be here tomorrow morning, not later than 9.30... Tomorrow morning? Well, yes. uh, I've arranged a round table discussion with a few people of uh, various backgrounds.
12: Uh-huh. You, uh, you don't think we could sort of begin the begin right now?
6: Why, well, it's uh, nearly one o'clock, Mrs. Oh, J. fool,
12: Professor. Let's get ourselves a couple of drinks, light the fire maybe, and you can start working on me right away.
6: Well, I wouldn't think of imposing upon you at this hour.
12: Listen, I figured I'm working all night.
6: Well, any hasty random discussion would be of no scientific value. See, I have to have my notes thoroughly prepared for the uh, seminar tomorrow.
8: Mm-hmm.
12: Okay, where do I sleep?
6: Well, I don't know. Where do you live?
12: Up on Riverside, but I'm going to sleep here.
6: Here? Oh, you don't understand, Miss O'Shea. We're all bachelors, with the exception of Professor Audley, who is a widower. Why, no woman ever... Even Miss Bragg, who takes care of our needs, goes home every night at
12: 7.30. If you want me tomorrow morning at 9.30... Oh, I you'd... do, Miss
6: O'Shea, <sighs> but... Uh, Even the most uh, free thinking people must respect the. uh,
12: All right, feel that. Go on, feel that foot. Okay, Tootsie Bell, what do you say? It's cold. It's cold and it's wet. Now, come here. Come here. Closer. Closer. Oh, come on, give. Hello, kids. Look down my throat. Come on, look down. Ah, ah, ah. Uh,
1: I don't know what to look for. Ah. There is possibly a slight rosiness in the laryngeal region.
12: Slight rosiness? Yeah. It's as red as the daily worker and just as sore. Who are you? Um, Who is he?
6: This is Dr. Martinbrook, our physiological expert. Oh. Professor Robinson, Law, Mm -hmm. Professor Gurkakor... Not so
12: fast, just let it creep up on me. I'll get to know them. Come here, Physiology, for all I know, I've got a fever field. It's possible. Certainly, he wants to throw me out of my tin. There'll be no 9.30 for me if you let me go out in the rain now.
4: Naturally not.
6: With the streets cold and the subway hot and full of germs.
12: Oh, I'm a pushover for Streptococcus. Can I have this now, kid? Pardon me.
6: We'll call you a heated taxi and furnish you with woolen socks and warm slippers. Oh like that? No, 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 Really, no, no, I don't no. understand
12: you pots. Why take
1: chance with valuable materials? Well, think of your article pots.
12: See, they get the point.
1: If I might venture a suggestion, why couldn't the young lady sleep in my room?
6: What? What? Well, Professor Pigrel.
4: Oh, uh, I can bunk in with Professor Robinson. I
1: sometimes do when there's an electric storm. Yes, he's afraid of thunder.
12: Well, then it's all settled. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll turn in. Can I have my coat? Thank you. Hi to y'all, fella.
1: Hello. I'll show you to my room. Yes, we are a really good. I know where my own room is, thank you, without any help from Fashion. you. Oh, sh- sh-
12: sh- I'll find her, don't bother. Just rough out the directions.
1: The top of the
6: stairs and the third door on the left. Gentlemen. Just a moment, please. Gentlemen, this is all highly irregular. What if this should come to the attention of the Foundation? And what about Miss Bragg tomorrow?
12: What are you talking about? This is research, isn't it? Yes, yes certainly. certainly. Who has that guy learned so much from watching an apple drop? Isaac Newton,
1: 1642 to 1727. The law of gravity.
12: Yeah, that's him. And I want you to look at me as another apple, Professor Potts. Just another apple.
0: Now, of course, all of the professors are smitten with Sugar Puss, as again, the story is essentially like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Barbara Stanwyck is absolutely perfect in this role. She has a cocksure attitude, a very quick wit, and she's beautiful. And in the last scene, the dress she's still wearing from her nightclub act sparkles with every move. So while Sugar is hiding out with the professors, her boyfriend, a mobster named Joe Lilac, played by Dana Andrews, is trying to get out of a few legal issues which could land him in prison. That's the reason the district attorney wants to get a hold of Sugar, to question her about Joe. And since they're not married, she can legally testify against him. However, Joe is thinking that he might need a quick marriage to her to avoid this issue. The next morning, Sugar wakes up to discover that a note has been left by her friend saying to lay low for a few more days. In the meantime, Professor Potts starts his slang lesson with a few of the people he met the day prior during his research.
6: As the poet Carl Sandberg has said, is language which takes off its coat, spits on its hands, and goes to work. (coughs) Let us... let us, too, then, get down to work. Well, we've accomplished a lot in the last three days, and I'm very grateful to all of you. There's another word I'd like to take up now. It's recurred several times in our discussions, and its meaning still eludes me. I think it was Miss O'Shea who used it yesterday in reference to the cuffs that I wear. The word is corny.
12: Yeah, wouldn't you say they were corny?
6: Because of the cornstarch in them?
12: Because it's 1941.
6: Then corny means old-fashioned.
12: Mm, kind of hick, loose tooth.
6: yeah, mm. yeah.
12: Mm, 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 mm,
1: mm, mm. Oh, jeez. There's other kinds of corn, too. When you give your girl your fraternity pin, well, if she says, I'll keep it forever, that's corny, too.
11: Mm. Yeah, I'll take a joke, uh, that's no lady, that's my wife.
1: Making your baby's shoes into
6: ashtrays.
11: That's corn, right off the cob.
6: Well, let's stick to corn. Uh, is it synonymous with baloney?
1: No, it's it's anything that gets him in the sticks. Long time no see. That's Indian corn.
12: Yeah, when a guy comes to see a girl and says, "Let's turn off the lights," it hurts my eyes, brother. That's corn.
6: The implication is he's trying to pull some hoy toy toy. You're catching on, professor. Countryfied, old-fashioned, sentimental.
0: In addition to her colorful language assistance for pots, the other professors request sugar's assistance in another subject. The first professor you hear in the upcoming clip is Henry Travers, who played Clarence the Angel in It's a Wonderful Life.
8: Well, Miss O'Shea! Just
11: a minute. Oh, Miss O'Shea, Yeah. we saw you pass the library arch, and we kind of got a little problem on our
2: hands. Would you help us?
12: Well, I'd love to. Oh, good. Kind of spruced up today, aren't you, Professor?
2: Oh, the spats? Yeah. I ran across them in my bottom drawer. Why let the malls eat them?
12: Atta boy. What's your problem, sweetie?
2: Well, look. Now we start
7: again.
5: But, Professor, I'm completely exhausted. Well, we but we've to got to, right. to
7: get it right. Oh, oh, start with the right foot.
5: No, left foot
2: the right, right. foot. No, the gentlemen, we... it's the left Which foot. Which foot, please? The right foot, please. All right, foot right. right. Foot. but you're wrong. Shh. One, two, three. One,
8: two, three. Ooh. But uh, I can't
1: hump from here. We've been working on it ever since lunch.
5: Holy smoke. Start again with the left. Come on. What? Left. left. The left. One, two,
1: three. Well, it's the right motion, but It doesn't, but doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. Possibly uh, it isn't right. There was two. Oomph. Um, Oomph. Um,
2: Oomph. Um. Well, uh, that would make it right. Um, um. Oomph. Oomph. Oh, no. You're do. wrong. Your Hang uh, Mathematics can never be wrong. I'm look sorry. here. I'll show you. You,
7: come
2: show you are, Professor Hartley. Show me. Where there? Uh, one, two.
7: Professor Ardley, please stand up. Oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> one, Two, three, pum pum.
11: Ah, uh,
12: ah,
1: uh, ah, uh. just one. Ah, uh, oh, the expert is here. We need you. What's the trouble? Uh, well, that dance you showed us last night. Yes, yes maybe we are not very bright. Professor Gherkakov has been trying to reconstruct it by compound fraction.
12: You better relax, lover. Don't thank you.
1: I can't find the
9: common denominator between the steps and the music. Well,
12: you bet you can't. You're playing a polka, and I taught you conga. How about some light in here? Come on. Oh, Look, kids, this is the tempo. Well. Bum 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum,
8: bum
1: bum bum bum, 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 bum. That's right, bum, hit it. Hit what? That's what
8: I told you. Three, times. one, two, three. Ah,
1: boy, Gertie, you're ah, ah.
8: wonderful. swing <laughs>
1: it, Professor. Hang on. One, afternoon. Uh. Oh, oh, how do you like the new suit? What the well-dressed professor will wear. A young lady chased me all the way up Fifth Avenue. Trying to tell you to take the price tag off. Or... <laughs> did, 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 you, did you get the, the rackets? Uh, well, they were all out of Beat Me Daddy Eight at to the bar. But I got Chicky Chicky Boom Boom and shoot the sherbet to me. Home. Oh, now
6: Thank you very much, gentlemen. At the same time tomorrow, all of you who can. Okay, coach. So long. Right. this has given me
1: a new interest in life,
9: Doc. <laughs> me too. I'm going to use some of those two-dollar words hard on my
11: papers. Park Avenue bigamy scandal. Most illuminating. Most illuminating.
1: So long, Prof. Thank you very much. Well, that's all right. Uh, excuse me for talking, Shop, but your garbage certainly is cheered up these days. Flowers, candy boxes, perfume wrappings, and an empty of that sweet French liqueur. Why, that? Uh, well, that's not our, our garbage, I'm well, sure. Well, maybe it wasn't, but it was in your pail. I'm leaving, sister. Miss Bragg.
5: May I have a word with you, Professor Potts?
1: That music, is it coming
6: from next door?
5: From this door. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Either she goes or I go.
6: You're speaking of Miss O'Shea?
5: I am, Professor Potts. That is the kind of woman that makes whole civilizations topple. It's always been my pride scrupulously, untiringly, efficiently... Now,
6: no, no, Miss Bragg, you've split that infinitive three times.
5: I repeat, either she goes or I go.
6: I don't like ultimatum, Miss Bragg, but I should look into the matter.
5: Don't look into the matter, look into the library!
0: So Sugar started a conga line with the seven professors, who are having a wonderful time with her. Though, as you heard from the last clip, their caretaker, Miss Bragg, is not impressed. So while Potts meets with the other professors to scold them for having fun, Sugar gets a surprise visit from Pastrami and Asma, who arrive with a marriage license for her to sign and an engagement ring from Joe. Sugar enthusiastically accepts, though she's not that thrilled that she's having to hide out for a few more days at the house with the professors. After Potts meets with the professors, he has a talk with Sugar.
6: Extract them from the course they were to sail.
12: Say, Junior, you couldn't stop walking around a little, could you?
6: For four days we have been drifting, Miss O'Shea. The needle of the compass no longer points to the magnetic pole, it points, if I may say so, to your ankles.
12: Oh, come now, Admiral, a bunch of grown men, they've seen a pair of ankles before.
6: Not for nine years, except for the singularly uninspiring underpinnings of Miss Bragg. Now, <clears throat> my colleagues...
12: If you think I'm bothering them, I'll sit on my legs. And I'll do it in my room or in the kitchen.
6: Too late. You must leave, Miss O'Shea.
12: Well, I can't leave now. How about that slang? It's not finished yet. What? There's a lot of words we haven't caught up with. For instance, do you know what this means? I'll get you on the Amici? No. Of course you don't. And Amici is the telephone, on account of he invented it.
6: Oh, no, he did Like, didn't.
12: you know, in the movies.
6: Oh, I see what you mean. They're very interesting. Make no mistake, I shall regret the absence of your keen mind... Unfortunately, it is inseparable from an extremely disturbing body.
12: All right, I'll go, only don't show. I'll leave sometime tomorrow.
6: Not tomorrow, right away.
12: But I tell you, I've got to... I a...
6: insist, Miss O'Shea. Oh,
12: Crab Appalani. Listen, Potsy.
6: Crab Annie. Why, that implies that I'm puritanical and narrow-minded.
12: Yeah.
6: I am a perfectly normal man with perfectly normal instincts.
12: But an awful high boiling point.
6: Not even that. I, too, have been acutely aware of your presence.
12: You have?
6: Twice, to be exact. Once when you leaned over my shoulder to correct my spelling of the word boogie woogie, I could feel your breath on my ear. And yesterday afternoon when you happened to stand against the window with the sunlight in your hair. (laughs) What
12: would you do about it?
6: I, I left the room, dipped my handkerchief in cold water and applied it to the back of my neck, right there, where the nerve center is.
12: That's cute.
6: You see, that's the basic difference between me and the other professors. We are all beguiled, but I am relatively young. I can suppress temptation. I generate enough energy to take precautionary measures.
12: (laughs) A little sun on my hair and you had to water your
8: neck.
6: Perhaps I shouldn't have mentioned it, Miss O'Shea, but I'm merely trying to point out the fact that the success of our enterprise is at stake. I want you to co- Cooperate. I want you to leave.
12: All right, I'll go. But if I'm going to go anyway, I guess I might as well spill it.
6: Spill it? Spill what?
12: Why do you suppose I came here in the first place?
6: But to help with the research. Oh, I did
12: not. I came on account of you. Me? And not on account of you needed some slang. On account of because I wanted to see you again.
6: Miss Sauchet, the construction on account of because outrages every grammatical law.
12: So what? I came on account of because I couldn't stop thinking about you after you left my dressing room. On account of because I thought you were big and cute and pretty. Pretty? Yeah, I mean you. Oh, maybe I'm just crazy, but to me, you're a regular yum-yum type. Yum-yum? Yeah, don't you know what that means?
6: No, we never got to that.
12: Well, we got to it now, and I'm glad it's out. I don't give a hoop whether the others went for me. You're the one I'm wacky about, just plain wacky. Can you understand that? Please, Miss oh, O'Shea. Oh, nothing. Maybe you can generate or whatever it is for all that suppressed business, but I can't. No, oh, me too uh uh-uh.
6: what, what are you doing? Oh, you'll find it. Those are Professor Gergakov's reference books. Now, isn't and they're very best.
12: just too bad? Oh, that's perfect. What are you going to do? Come here. I'm going to show you what yum yum is. Here's yum. Here's the other yum. And here's
6: yum yum. Excuse me.
12: Hey, where are you going?
9: Did you see? He practically
1: stepped on my hand. Three steps to Shot the time. out of a gun. But where is he going? Why?
5: To get a razor strap, I hope, and I hope he knows where to apply it. Well, Professor Potts?
6: Oh, uh, yes, Miss Bragg. Uh, will one of you call a taxi from the corner for Miss O'Shea? Right away. Thank you.
12: Fine business. I
6: beg your pardon? What's
12: the idea of running out of me like that?
6: Nothing. Nothing. The last few minutes only confirmed my former decision. Your further presence here would be fatal. You must get me out of your mind, just as I must get you out of this house.
0: Well, as strong willed as Potsy, as Sugar affectionately calls him, tries to be, he is too enthralled with her, especially after being kissed by her. So as the taxi arrives, he asks for another kiss, and no surprise, Sugar doesn't end up using the taxi, and with all her bluster, neither does Ms. Bragg. The next morning, Potts has a surprise for Sugar. Come in.
12: Morning, Pottsy. Good
6: morning. I brought you breakfast.
12: Good, I'll have it right here in the snooze stand. Thank you. Uh, how do you take it? Oh, just jab, no cow. Just what? Black. Oh, sugar? Straight.
6: Toast? No, thanks. You, sh- you sure you don't want some toast? Uh-uh. Well, here's some jam to go with it. It's blackberry.
12: Mm-mm. Never use it.
6: Not
12: just one bite? Uh-uh. Sit down, take a load off your feet. Say, what I found you? out what's wrong with unaccountable cause. It's saying the same thing twice. You know, like calling somebody a rich millionaire. You call it, um, uh, Pleo? No, no, I mean, uh, play... Play on Yes, yeah, that's how you pronounce it, that's it.
6: Who told you that?
12: Oh, this room's full of books about Graham. I read for a couple of hours.
6: Well, I couldn't sleep either. I walked in the park till the sun came up over the East 60s. It took me all that time to gather my thoughts, to analyze my impulses and clarify our relationship. Have we got one of those? <laughs> it's a very important moment. A new chapter. In fact, for me, it's the first chapter. For what has my life been up till now? A preface, an empty foreword.
12: You couldn't talk a little plainer, could
8: you?
6: Not if you won't have a piece of toast. At least, just, at least look under the lid. Oh,
12: You went and bought me a present.
6: I hope it fits. Kerkikoff calculated the circumference of your finger. I woke up the jeweler at 7 o'clock this morning.
12: It's a lovely ring, Patsy. Really, it is.
6: I hoped you'd like it. It's our... It's our engagement ring.
12: Patsy! Do you mean you...
6: Yes, I did. I...
12: <laughs> you mean you really... Well? What am I supposed to say?
6: I'll just say yes. After you've declared your feelings, it's the only logical step to take.
12: Oh, don't you think you better take another turn around the park, Potsy?
6: <laughs> I'm just as surprised as you. Marriage, I thought I was married to my books. The only thing I thought I could care for deeply was a correctly constructed sentence with subject, predicate, and verbal clause, each in its proper place. And then you. You see, I, I've had rather a curious life. I graduated from Princeton when I was 13. I recited Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright when I was a year old. Before I was two, I could read fluently. People like that just... Well... You see, dust just piles up on their hearts. And it took you to blow it away.
12: Yeah, but I... I didn't mean to blow it smack into your eyes.
6: Well, that's what happened. Look, look inside the ring.
12: Oh, yeah, there's writing. Richard Ill. Who's Richard Ill? Richard the mm.
6: Act One, Scene Two, Line Two Hundred and Four. There wasn't room for all the words. What words? Well, they go like this? Quote. Look how this ring encompasseth thy finger. Even so, thy breast encloseth my poor heart. Both of them, for both of them are thine.
5: I'm cold, I suppose.
6: I hope you don't think it's it too corny.
12: Patsy, I... Come in.
11: There is a telephone call for you. For me? We didn't want to interrupt, but the man on the wire said it was from your daddy.
5: Daddy? That's what he said. Oh.
12: Oh yes, Daddy. It's long distance. Yeah, I'll get it.
6: <laughs> How did it go, Potts? She seemed quite overwhelmed. <laughs> that to oh, be Yes, I realized that.
12: Hello?
7: Hello. Hello, it's Azma, Shuggy. The boss wants to talk to you, only we're really in the call, so it won't be traced. Dig me? Here she is, boss. Ready? Okay, Shuggy. Don't use no names, though.
12: Oh, boy, did you call it the right minute.
7: Where are you? Some whistle-snort in New Jersey, ran coke, as it's called. Well, how you been, Shuggy? I hear you're hiding out with the seven dwarfs.
12: Eight, and it's kind of indicated I'd better get out of here quick. Oh, no, nothing like that. It's just that one of the professors got off the beam a little. Yes, yeah, like case of Andy Hardy.
7: <laughs> Why don't you just take his umbrella and whack him over the knuckles? <laughs> well, everything's all set, babe. The license comes through this afternoon. I got a justice to the peace all lined up. Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out, how to get you here. No, I don't want you to take a train. They'd spot you like a lead dime. They'll be watching everything. Holland Tunnel, Washington Bridge. I don't even trust the highways.
12: I don't care if I have to hook a ride on a hearse. I want to get out of here. I don't like it. I want to blow. I... Oh, well, um, what other news is there, Daddy? Everything fine at home? Is, uh, Mom all right? Uh, for Easter? Well, I, uh, I don't know, Daddy. Um, just a minute. Oh, I won't be long. Just wait in the library.
6: Do you mind if I have a few words with your father?
12: Sure. Um, Daddy, this is the professor I was telling you about.
6: Mr. O'Shea, my name is Bertram Potts. I judge your daughter has already told you of my aspirations in her regard.
7: Hey, are you crazy?
6: Oh, you're quite right, Mr. O'Shea. It's inexcusable for one to introduce oneself to one's future father-in-law over the telephone. But before even considering entrusting your daughter's future happiness to my care, I'm sure you want to know all about me. Well, as character references, you might get in touch with the head of the Rockefeller Foundation and the president of Princeton, my own university. Well, except for occasional trouble with my left sinus, I am in excellent physical condition.
7: Mm Hmm, how's
6: your digestion, son? Good. I draw a salary of $3,200 per year. Uh, In the last election, I voted the straight Republican ticket.
7: Oh, that's fine, that's fine. I just had a brain flash, McNeary. Why don't you say your uh, first name is, son? Bertram. Well, Bertram, I don't know if Sugar Puss told you, but uh, she's our only child. We kind of never figured on having a professor in the family, but if that's what she wants, and that's fine with us. Well, I shall do everything I can, Mr. O'Shea, to make her happy. Just one thing more, Bertram. Mom is kind of an invalid. Doesn't do any traveling. But it would just break her heart not to see Sugarpus married. You understand that? Of course, sir.
6: My mother is dead, but...
7: I know it would have... It would have made her happy to be present. So suppose you just bring the kid right down here. We want to see you and... Let's have the ceremony in our hometown. Why, of course, Mr. O'Shea.
6: May I call your father, Mr. O'Shea? Oh, thank you, father. That is better than I hoped for. Father wants to talk to you.
7: Well, Shuggy, this solves your transportation. That Jack was made to order. Who's going to stop the Rockefeller Foundation at Princeton University? And suppose you get a couple of the other old beavers to come along in the car.
12: Maybe there's some other way. I don't want to take them for that kind of a ride.
7: Oh, that's quite all right. I'll take a couple of days off. Yes, we will. We will. A good idea. Now, cut out the men kinkies, Shuggy. This gets you to Rancocas. Once you're here, we'll give the professor the boot, easy like, where it won't blind him. I don't want any discussions. Just one thing. Watch out for the Washington Bridge. That'll be swarming with cops.
12: Hello? Hello?
7: What's the matter, my dear?
12: Oh, he's always in such a rush.
6: Which is my great good fortune. The sooner the better.
0: So all the professors are excited for the engagement of Potts and Sugar, and each gives a heartfelt well-wish to her one by one, which leaves Sugar feeling very guilty knowing it's all a ruse. When Sugar goes up to her room to get ready for their trip to visit Joe, who Potts thinks is her dad, (laughs) Miss Bragg finds a newspaper article which has the front page story about Sugar being a gangster's mall. Before Miss Bragg can tell the professors, Sugar punches her out. Now Kathleen Howard, who played Miss Bragg, actually received a fractured jaw when that punch from Barbara Stanwyck was accidentally made contact with her jaw. Stanwyck was reportedly mortified by the incident. All right, so what happens? The last 45 minutes are just a wild ride, and there's a perfect ending for truly a wonderful film. Both Stanwyck and Cooper are in very fine form here, and each of the actors who play the professors are equally terrific, and fans of classic comedies need to put this film on their watch list. Of course, I have the radio adaptation at the end of my segment if you don't want to wait to watch the movie. All right, some fun facts. Martha Tilton provided Barbara Stanwyck's singing voice for the song Drum Boogie. Ginger Rogers and Carol Lombard turned down the Sugar Puss role, while Lucille Ball was almost cast until Gary Cooper recommended Barbara Stanwyck. And actually, all three women would have been great as well, but Stanwyck was really just perfect for the role. And Lucille Ball really wanted this role because she thought she could finally win an Oscar. Now, just like the film, screenwriters Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett visited the drugstore across the street from Hollywood High School and a burlesque house and the Hollywood Park racetrack in order to pick up authentic slang for the film's script. Danny Andrews based his character of Joe Lilac on the notorious gangster Bugsy Siegel. Now, Siegel owned the Formosa, a club across the street from Goldwyn Studios, and Andrews used to go there after work, and he had the exact suits, the hats and everything right down to the spats down pat. Reportedly, Gary Cooper was paid $150,000 for his leading role, while co-star Barbara Stanwyck earned less than half of that and a very weird salary of exactly $68,133. Meanwhile, screenwriting partners Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett were paid $79,800. Producer Samuel Goldwyn promised Billy Wilder a $10,000 bonus if the film became a box office hit. So when it was released at theaters, it was an instant success. One day, Wilder stopped by Goldwyn's office and asked for his $10,000 bonus, and Goldwyn flew into a rage. You Hungarian thief, he shouted at Wilder. I never promised any such thing. Get out of here. Wilder left the office, furious, of course. That night, however, Goldwyn's wife, Helen, awoke to him, finding him pacing on the floor of their bedroom. I just remembered that Wilder was right, Goldwyn told her. I did promise him a ten thousand dollar bonus. Well, what are you going to do? Asked Helen. What can I do? Goldwyn replied. I'm going to sit down here and write Wilder a check for five thousand. <laughs> so Ballfire was nominated for a few Academy Awards. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck was nominated for Best Actress. It was nominated for Best Music Scoring of a Dramatic Picture, Best Sound, and Best Story, but it didn't win any. All right, I have a special guest, and of course, it's classic movie fan Samantha, who returns to chat about Ball of Fire, and then after our conversation, I will play a radio adaptation, which features actually Fred McMurray playing the Professor Potts role instead of Gary Cooper. I think you'll enjoy it, and I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we are back with Samantha. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. All right, so this is a funny movie. So when I was uh, talking to you about, like, oh, what, what's coming up next, I mentioned Ball of Fire, and you had said you had just seen it on Turner Classic Movies, because I think your dad had recorded for mm-hmm.
13: you. Oh, yes. I think we, I was over there for, was it Thanksgiving or right before then? And, mm-hmm. yeah, we just watched it.
0: So you had never seen it before, obviously.
13: No, no, I'd never seen it. I don't think I'd even heard of it before. Um, so it was, yeah, fun, fun new discovery.
0: So well, while watching it, were you like, this is kind of a revision of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs?
13: I, so I cheated. I looked up the movie before I started it. And okay. I, I saw that it was based on that. <laughs> so, um, but I don't think I would have realized it if I didn't know. Um, that was the acute, cute tie-in
0: right right exactly so we'll, we'll get right into it how did you feel one about the 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 two main characters one being Gary Cooper who plays like the head of the you know he's the head of the the professors writing their encyclopedia which is actually a fun kind of timepiece because essentially the internet is the encyclopedia Yay. now um, yeah. so, so seeing them writing that is kind of a charming thing and then of course Barbara Stanwyck playing um the, kind of the burlesque dancer I guess that's what she is but uh, she has the um, terrific name of Sugar Push <laughs> oh, O'Shea, <it was> <laughs> which I just call her Sugar because I can only say it once without. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, how, how did you feel about them and and all of that?
13: Yeah. Oh, I thought they were just a great duo. Um, I loved how dorky Gary Cooper's character was. Oh yeah. Um, like you could <laughs> just him with the rest of the his little encyclopedia crew. Was yes. was such a funny juxtaposition because they were all cast as old, yeah, old little men, academic mm-hmm. men. And then here you have Gary Cooper and then I think they just like slapped some, did he wear glasses or... Just they kind of put him in some like professor clothes and was like, okay, but
0: <laughs> yeah, he still looked like Gary Cooper, but it yeah. was, it was, he, he actually, that's just a great acting job. He just sort of made himself so bookish that you kind of bought yeah. it.
13: Yeah, totally. Like he didn't fit in entirely, but it went with the plot, right? Cause he was supposed to be the young writer and then he was right. working on the slang article. So it was perfect. And then, of course, the leading lady, (laughs) She, I think was perfectly chosen for her role. Like, I, I don't know. I got a vibe that she was like a little rough. Um, Mm -hmm. and it worked because come to find out she was dating a a mob guy. And even though she kind of comes on screen and she seems very kind of like, Oh, maybe like a classy performer. Um, there's kind of that funny, funny side to her where, oh, she doesn't have the best um, connections and you don't really know kind of like what her, what her intents are, but she ends up being a a nice, fun person.
0: Yeah. And I think she kind of, the, this, we'll just call them the the seven dwarves. The, the, The professors are sort of kind of like charming and endearing like i think they just kind of rub off on her at first i think she she thought they were totally square you know to, to yeah, to go back yeah. There. but then I, they i think got as much out of her as you know she did out of them she got something different that uh, being around people that are not really Great people, <laughs> and yeah. and they were all genuine. I mean, they were all kind of just focused on on what their particular subject was. Mm-hmm. um But she kind of brought you know a, a breath of fresh air to to their lives.
13: Yeah. Oh, and they, yeah, they spent all that time together, and she taught them how to Congo or what did they do like the yeah that was line, the Congo dance. How that was they, a great scene when they, they were they trying it? to
0: they were trying to figure, map it all out and trying yeah. to, <laughs> and then she came down. You're like doing it all wrong. And then before you know it, they're in a Congo.
13: Line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was cute. And, um, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying where I think as the story progressed, like she kind of developed a bit more of a soft side and mm-hmm. she, I did grow a little attached to them. And then at the end there is a, a love story in a way. So she, yeah, she kind of went there to get away and hide, but mm-hmm. kind of learned. Yeah. They all learned from each other in the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Her relationship with Dana Andrews, who plays like the main mobster is kind of interesting. Like I, yeah. we're not sure if she really likes him or if she just wants an easy way out. Cause mm-hmm. and, and yeah, yeah. they kind of they don't really get into it that much.
13: Yeah. Like we don't have the backstory there and, I kind of felt like she, that was her way to live the fancy life and oh, they could get married and she could maybe stop her kind of burlesque lifestyle. Maybe that was one direction it was going, but yeah, like the whole marriage plot was pretty funny because- Uh, you know, her getting married to him, yes, it was totally like business and she was willing to go with it along with it at first. Um, but her whole relationship with, um, Gary Cooper's character, like, oh boy, he sure proposed quick <laughs> and it, oh, I was, knew. Yeah. it was authentic. <laughs>
0: That is always the way in these old films. It seems that they, they speed up, and it's actually charming in a way. But you know, yeah. you kind of suspend disbelief.
13: Yeah, I know, because you don't really know like how long she's been staying there. Has it been like two days? Yeah, a week. Exactly. And then she suddenly, yeah, he realizes he's in love with her. He gets a ring. Mm-hmm propose this sure let's do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> well for him i mean it's, yeah he, he's never gonna meet anyone like her because yeah. actually that is a funny side plot too the whoever is financing the encyclopedia has a i guess it's the daughter is it the daughter or, like the executor of whatever the the funds that are coming in she definitely has a crush on gary cooper but
13: yes. she's yeah. exactly
0: what you would think uh you know kind of the homely um you know, counterpart to a, a professor, and so yeah, like he he likes her, but he's not interested that way in
13: mm-hmm. her. Yeah, no, well, yeah, once he saw Barbara Stanwyck, I mean,
0: oh, <laughs> oh yeah, she is perfect. Yeah. I mean, we always talk about her. She is perfect for this role because yeah. she definitely, you know, she looked the part, and she's fun, and she she got the dialogue down perfectly. Yeah,
13: oh, the yeah. dialogue was so good, so quick, and it is so funny because this is a movie about like modern slang but yes since we're watching this 80 years later yeah <laughs> like, I don't you know we don't understand any of it so it's so it that just was so entertaining to me because it was so it was like kind of ironic in that way
0: well yeah, yeah. and even her name which is Sugar Puss, which just basically means sweet face like today's audience is not going to get that Ooh. at all yeah,
13: yeah, I know. When I heard her name, I was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> yeah, today she would be working in the adult industry, not yeah. <laughs> necessarily burlesque. But I think that's also the charm of maybe people could go back and do do a little research into you know, for, you know, uh, slang from back in the day.
13: Yeah, and it was all very like lighthearted. I think if you were to make this movie nowadays, the slang is disgusting. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, I can't think of any. Like, I don't know. I well, I have a soft spot for old movies. That's why we're, you know, we're talking about it. But yeah, I and you, like
0: and you get it. Like, you you yeah. totally can can go back to the era and and, yeah. and get what they're coming from.
13: Like, it's so charming. Um, but yeah, in today's world, I don't know if this same movie would be as charming. They'd probably be making some sort of like Urban Dictionary type website with, yes. with some awful. Awful example.
0: Yeah, and, and that's and that's the problem. I think it's it's lazy writing, lazy, lazy screenwriting, and and almost um, they dumb it down because they think they have to, especially in comedy, and I think that's, that's yeah. the unfortunate part with comedies today. Uh, there yeah. were a few people up for the Barbara Stanwyck role, and so tell me if, oh. as good as she is, would you have liked to either have seen Ginger Rogers, Carol Lombard, or Lucille Ball uh, cast as this oh. character?
13: I don't think so.
0: Okay. I think,
13: I don't know. I like, I think with Barbara Stanwyck, there's something, I don't know if it's just her looks, but she seems a bit more like strong and, or like has a bit of a stronger character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I liked how she kind of like holds her own in the role. And I don't think I would want someone so like, I don't know, like Lucille ball to me is very like cutesy, funny.
8: Mm-hmm.
13: I think it would have been too, too sweet. Um, and I couldn't have seen her getting like the other side of the character where she didn't really kind of have the best intents um, at the beginning with, you know, hiding out and lying to these men. Um, I,
0: have you seen, because early, before I love, most people know her from, you know, I love Lucy and the comedic stuff, but she actually played a lot of kind of um, almost serious roles early in her career. Um, So she thought this would be a way for her to get an Oscar <laughs> because oh, she
13: wanted, yeah, I didn't see that. You want to be yeah. taken seriously.
0: I think of uh-huh. all those three that I mentioned, I think Ginger Rogers probably could have pulled it off.
8: Yeah,
0: because uh, she she had obviously the dancing background, mm-hmm. and uh, and she was a great actress and could, and could do comedy as well. But uh, of all of them, again, uh, Stanwick was just I think ultimately the yeah. person. Yeah, he yeah.
13: Ginger Rogers. One thing I did find funny was, of course, this always happens. But when I looked up the movie afterward, um, it, it explained that um, she didn't sing at the beginning. And it oh, was yeah. Yeah. While singing and I'm like, oh, that's pretty typical. Um, but, you know can't do it all
0: <laughs> that's another thing i think uh, back then that was commonplace like yeah. date off and lip sync um yeah. i don't know if they can get away with it anymore
13: <laughs> oh no
0: were there any other things that stuck out and and plot points and things that you really enjoyed or didn't like and and would you recommend to, this to someone that hasn't seen it
13: so i yeah i would recommend this i think the the ending felt a bit rushed to me A little Mm -hmm. all over the place, sure. um, Because you had the kind of the the marriage double cross plot in the end, and then that ended up not working. And for a point at the um, right at the end, all of the professors were being held captive by. The, the henchman.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, and, Pastrami and asthma. Yeah, great oh, name.
13: <laughs> great name. What was his name? Like Duke Pastrami?
0: Yeah, and Asma Anderson.
13: <laughs> oh, great names. And yeah. yeah, so then they had that moment and then they had to get a, escape from that and like stop the wedding. So then Gary Cooper's character could have the happy ending. And it was kind of all over the place. Like there was a bit of a, You know, car scene. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was a little a little rushed for me, Um, but it did it wrapped up well, and it was I think you know typical of that slapsticky style movie. Oh yeah,
0: very screwball comedy. Yeah,
13: a lot of just yeah the the ending really capped it off though with that. Um, But yeah, I loved it. And I wish I just had a like a dictionary, so I could have understood <laughs> half the things they were talking about.
0: <laughs> I think that that's the I the most fun I had with the film are those scenes, like the the him trying to learn the slang of the of yeah. that
13: time.
8: I yeah. I think that's the really fun. Yeah,
13: yeah, I loved that. Then when they were all together, and there were a couple of scenes when like it was like a little classroom with the few people he collected. Yes. And they were all talking and trying to you know write notes on the chalkboard (laughs) (laughs)
0: right yeah because you had a garbage man you had a a guy that sold papers on the corner and and, yeah it was great
13: yeah so it was a good it's a great movie and I think that also it's a good little time capsule as well for just something totally not of this era anymore
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and that's, I, I wish more people would go back and watch older movies like that just mm-hmm. to get a, a, you know, kind of an escape, like nothing, yeah. it, you don't have to take it seriously, you don't have to, like, oh, they should have done this and that, just enjoy it for what it is, you know?
13: Yeah, yeah, it's a really sweet movie, I yeah. it.
0: Well, I'm glad you watched it, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad you were available to talk about it, so oh, thank you again.
13: Okay. okay, thanks.
3: This is Cecil B. DeMille speaking to you from Hollywood, where two stars and a stage full of fine actors are at your command tonight. When we first talked about tonight's play, Ball of Fire, I thought then what a great show this will be for the boys abroad. Now, I I hope you agree, and if you get a chance, let us know anything else you want to hear. But before the band strikes up tonight, I've asked Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray to say hello. Barbara and Fred meet the Army, the Navy, the Marines, and the Coast Guard.
12: Hello, everybody. I mean you who've gathered around in a barracks in Ireland. The boys in that recreation hall in Alaska or Iceland. The group sprawled out on the deck of a boat plowing through the ocean. Looking over your shoulder are the shadows of another group around the fireside back in Buffalo or Brooklyn. Or a thousand other hometowns. They're listening to and pulling for you every minute.
4: And so are we all. Say, by the way, fellows, I've been asked to give you a little reminder. Have you written home to your mother lately? She wants to know how you are and how you're getting along. It won't take but a minute. Good luck.
3: And now, from Belfast to Melbourne, on with the show. Lux presents Hollywood. Lux Radio Theater brings you Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray in Ball of Fire. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Our play tonight is purely educational. It's the fascinating story of a group of professors writing an encyclopedia. But don't turn that dial yet. It seems that to write a really good encyclopedia, one of the professors must fall in love with a nightclub singer, knock out a dangerous gangster, and arrive at a certain wedding before a certain lady says, I do. That's uh, one thing about writing an encyclopedia. You meet such interesting people, as screen audiences discovered when they crowded theaters to see the Samuel Goldwyn hit, Ball of Fire. Tonight you'll hear Barbara Stanwyck in the same glamorous role she played in the picture and Fred McMurray as the professor who's making a scholarly study of modern slang. Made in America is stamped all over this picture. It couldn't happen anywhere else. And so I think it will be a welcome letter from home to the boys in the armed services throughout the world who'll hear this play by shortwave and other methods. On my way to rehearsal the other day, I saw a soldier and his girl looking at the posters in front of the theater. I asked them if they thought it would be a good show. They both said they'd seen the picture, and for their money, it was right in the groove. And then the young lady added, and you know that Lux Toilet Soap is just out of this world. (laughs) Naturally, after working with Ball of Fire all week, I was uh, pep to this phraseology. It means that you have some fine entertainment ahead. When you hear Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray tonight, And as for those people who haven't yet tried Lux Toilet Soap, they have an experience coming that's, well, what can Webster offer that's better than out of this world? Now here's Ball of Fire, starring Barbara Stanwyck as Sugar Puss O'Shea and and Fred McMurray as Bertram Potts. In a very old-fashioned house in New York live eight very old-fashioned gentlemen. The house is the Totten Foundation, where the eight gentlemen are engaged in writing a new encyclopedia. These gentlemen are all very learned, all professors, all bachelors, and with one exception, all middle-aged. That exception is Professor Bertram Potts, the eminent authority on the English language. Now Professor Potts has made a devastating discovery. As the professors bend low over their desks, Potts enters the book-lined living room and clears his throat for attention.
9: Gentlemen. Yes, Potts. What's the matter, Potts? Why aren't you at your desk? Gentlemen, I am going out. Going out? At nine o'clock in the morning. Yes, gentlemen. Miss Bragg,
4: my hat, please. Yes,
10: Professor.
4: Professor Gurkakoff, uh, what's your prognosis on the weather? Uh, light
9: showers toward evening, but I don't think
10: My you your can... lashes,
4: Miss Bragg, and my Macintosh. Yes,
10: Professor Paul. What in
4: Sam Hillpots? Where are you going? Research, gentlemen. What research? Gentlemen, I have just made an astounding discovery. I was at the back door when the garbage man arrived for the garbage. We had a long conversation. You and the garbage man? The garbage man. What did he say? I don't know. What? I don't know what he said. Sit down, Potts. Sit down. I am perfectly well, Professor Robinson. But you don't know what the garbage man said. Did he speak English? Yes, but colloquial English. He spoke in slang. Gentlemen, it's catastrophic. I have just finished my article on slang. Twenty-three pages compiled from a dozen reference books. Everything from the idiotic combination, absolutely, to the pejorative use of zigzag. I traced the evolution of hunky-dory. I tracked down skidoo. I might as well throw it all in the wastebasket, three weeks of work. What? You're hysterical. My work on slang is outmoded, based on reference books 20 years old. Now take smooch, take dish, take hoy toi toy. not one of them included. Do you know what smooch means, Professor Adley?
9: Um,
8: no.
4: Do you know the meaning of mouse, Professor Magenbruch? A mouse? A mouse is a member of the rodent family. Wrong. A mouse is a young lady. So is a smooch. Money is moolah. And a dollar is a smackaroo. Who said so? The garbage man. Gentlemen living in this house, off from the uh, off from the world, have lost touch. That man talked living language. I embalm some dead phrases. But where are you going? Out to collect new data, to tap the major sources of slang: the streets, the slums, the theatrical profession, nightclubs.
10: Nightclubs.
4: I know it's regrettable, gentlemen, this loss of time, but it must be done.
10: Your hat, Professor Parks.
4: Thank you, Miss Bragg. Uh, just put the key under the mat. I won't be home tonight before nine. Good morning, gentlemen.
10: Where's our angel? Wextree! Wextree! Betty the Creepin' Cement Killin'! Read all about it! Cops dogs dunk C-Man! straight! Hey, brother, what are you
7: hanging around me
11: for?
4: Uh, disregard me completely, please. I'm just making a few notes.
11: Well, Peter, will you, buddy? You give me the memes.
4: The memes?
11: The screaming memes.
4: Extremely picturesque. I I must add that to my list.
11: Hey, listen, what goes?
4: Young man, could I interest you in a research project in which you could be very helpful? Huh? If you would come to this address at 9:30 tomorrow morning, you will be doing a definite service to society.
10: Hey, what are you promoting? Some kind of reform school? <laughs>
4: Hunk of man, full of prunes, coolie-drewie, louserilla, pretty gestanko, <laughs> boogie-woogie, jive, jive, boogie-woogie. I want
10: to look keen, so my dream will say, ain't I the lucky feller, so keen that he'll scream. Baby's in technic color So make a brown gown With a zop top With a hip slip And a laced waist In the sharpest taste To see my Sunday man
12: Well, all right, all right Take it easy, you half-cats Now look, good people The boys in the band Are going to swing out for you While I rest the vocals I'll be back later With a little more jive Brute, zoot, and
10: solid debut How's about it?
8: Don't go away, you squiddy
4: Uh, Young man, what is the name of the young lady who just sang? Well, that's Sugar Puss O'Shea. I beg your pardon? Sugar Puss O'Shea. That's her name. Sugar Puss O'Shea. An astounding specimen. Eh, You ain't kidding,
2: brother. Hey, hey, Sugar Puss. Yeah, Joe. Hey, listen, there's a couple of guys here to see you. Yeah, where? They said they are waiting in your dressing room. A couple of characters.
12: Okay, thanks, Joe.
2: Hi, Shuggy. Hi, Shuggy.
12: Well, hello, Pastrami. Hello, Asma. What are you boys doing here? Come
2: on, Shuggy. We're leaving.
12: Leaving? Who is? You
2: are, in quick. Yeah, quick is right.
12: What's the fever?
2: Listen, Shuggy, you've got to take it on the lamp. Yeah, they're looking for you. Who's
12: looking for me? The
2: District
11: attorney.
12: Why? Come
11: on, we'll talk about it in the taxi cab. Well, why
12: can't you tell me now? What is all this?
11: Well, it's on account of
2: Benny the Creep had an accident. I
12: never heard of Benny the Creep. Who is he? One of
2: the boys. Yeah, yeah. He was on kind of an errand when he grazed into a police car, dope. And for
12: that, I've got to hide out. That don't make sense, Pastrami.
2: No, no. You see, when the bulls give Benny a ticket, they seen Dave Kinnick in the back of the car. Yeah, dead. In the accident? That's what Benny was trying to tell him. Only they seen Kinnick's feet. Yeah, there was in a cake of cement. Benny was going to dump them in the East River, see? That was the errand. Get it?
11: Hey, wait a second. Is Joe Lilac mixed up in this? Sure. The DA had him picked up about a half hour ago. That's why we're here. That's why you got to beat it, Shuggy. Joe Lilac mixed up in a murder? Yeah. I don't believe it, not for a second He
2: was framed, Shuggy, Mayor dropped down dead, wasn't he, isn't he?
11: Yeah, and then there was them pajamas they found Pajamas?
2: Yeah, that's where you come in You remember that dozen pink ones you give to the boss last Christmas Before you knew that the only color Joe Lilac wears is lilac?
11: Yeah, so he handed them out to the boys
2: And in the suitcase right beside Benny the Creep when he gets caught Is a pair with that big J.L. monogram Quiet huh? Who is it?
4: I'd like to speak to Miss O'Shea, please, uh, regarding an investigation
12: I'm conducting. It's a copper. Get yes. behind the curtain, Pastrami. Listen, Shuggy... We... Shut up, asthma. Get over there in the closet. Okay. Just a second. Well?
4: How do you do, Miss O'Shea? My name is Potts. I hate to intrude like this, Come it, on, but... cut the
12: corners. What do you want?
4: Well, this inquiry is one of considerable importance.
12: Listen, stop beating up with the gum, see? What was that? Get this. I don't know from nothing.
4: Oh, but you do. Every word you say proves as much.
12: Yeah? Well, suppose you tell the DA to take a nice running jump for himself.
4: A running jump? Bewildering.
12: Say, how many of you are on this job?
4: The entire project? Eight.
12: Oh. The other seven waiting outside?
4: Oh, no, no. They're at home. uh, Sound asleep, I imagine. Asleep? Yes, they go to bed at nine every night.
12: You mean to tell me with crime what it is? Say, are you a bull or aren't you?
4: Uh, Well, if bull is the slang word for professor, then I'm a bull.
12: A professor?
4: Yes, a professor of English. Oh. You see, I'm conducting an investigation on current slang... Would you object if I used you for observation and study?
12: Yeah, I would.
4: Well, if I could have your assistance for just a few days... It outside, would be
12: very... Professor, outside.
4: Then you uh, you won't help me? No,
12: I'll shove in your clutch.
4: Shove in your clutch? That's exactly the kind of thing I want. P- perhaps if I could come back Save again... Save
12: the gas. I won't be here after tonight.
4: Well, here's my card with the address of the foundation if you should happen to change your mind. It's my residence as well.
12: Listen, not now.
4: Well, I'll just leave it here by your person.
12: Okay, now scrow, scram, scraw.
4: The complete conjugation. All right, then. I'll stroll. Good night, Miss
2: O'Shea. All right, boys, you can come on out. Okay, Shuggy, let's go, let's go.
12: Listen, I've got to change my clothes. I can't go like this. No
2: time, no time. Come on, Shuggy. Through to winning down the alley.
12: Give me my coat and purse. At least let Spread me. Great
2: the pace this my Come on, Shuggy. Okay,
12: okay, Oni. I think you're a pair of cracked ice.
2: Just keep cruising around, driver. We'll tell you where to go later. Okay. Yeah. Joe Lilac's apartment, they got sealed up like a can of coffee. Well,
11: you live someplace, don't you?
2: Mm, sure, and the cop's nowhere. Say,
11: I got an uncle who's an undertaker. He's always got an extra slab. Fine, that's all I need. Uh,
2: look, Shuggy, Keep we...
11: thinking. Hey, what's this? What's what?
12: This card in my... Oh, it's that professor guy, Bertram Potts. Cotton Foundation, 44 East... Hey.
2: Hey,
8: what?
12: Well, why not... Driver, the Tartan Foundation, 44 East 65th. There's
9: one thing I still don't understand, Fox. This girl you were talking about, her name you said was Sugar Puss?
4: Yes. I was just about to explain about that, gentlemen. Uh, you see, the word puss means face. Yes, go on. As, for instance, sour puss, pickle puss. A sugar puss implies a certain sweetness in her appearance. That's extraordinary. You spoke to her? Yes, in her dressing room.
9: In her dressing room? Backstage?
4: Yes, but unfortunately she disclaimed any interest in our project. No. In words so bizarre they made my mouth water.
9: Shove in your clutch, for instance. Why, it's amazing. Potts! could you tell us, what is it like backstage... Very vivacious, I imagine. And perhaps ballerinas giggling up and down iron staircases? Round and round. Possibly wearing tights. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't notice. Oh. Listen, it's the doorbell. And at 1225... Strange. See who it is, oddly. Oh, in my nightshirt.
4: I seem to be the only one dressed. I'll go, gentlemen.
9: It must be the figures on San Salvador, San Peter.
3: I asked them to send it over.
12: Yes? hi ho Professor. Don't tell me I'm too late for class. Miss...
4: Miss O'Shea.
12: It's a female.
9: Oh, boy. Oh,
4: yes. oh, what's
12: all that like going up the stairs? Uh,
4: those uh, Those are my colleagues. Oh. I, I must apologize for the lack of costume. Oh,
12: that's all right, Professor.
4: And the fact that I haven't got my tie on. Oh, uh, thing,
12: nothing of it. You know, once I watched my big brother shave.
4: Well, uh, won't you come in? Why not? Frankly, your coming here was the last thing I expected. Your no was so explicit.
12: Well, I got to thinking it over, and, fool, I said to myself, who am I to give science the brush?
4: Then I take it you've reconsidered?
12: Yeah, that's a big idea. Oui, that's a lot of books you got there. All of them different? I trust? Uh-huh.
4: May I have your coat? Yeah, thanks. you just slip it off, I'll... Miss O'Shea! What's the matter? Oh, your, your costume.
12: Oh, do you like it?
4: rather abbreviated.
12: Is it? I never noticed.
4: Uh, are you uh, You sure you don't want your coat?
12: No, I'm fine. Well, how do we start, Professor? You see, this is the first time anybody moved in on my brain. Have you got some kind of a machine, an x-ray, or a vacuum cleaner, maybe, that sorts out the words you want? What's your method, Professor?
4: Well, it's quite simple. If you will be here tomorrow morning, not later than 9.30... Tomorrow morning? Oh, yes. I, I have arranged a roundtable discussion with a number of people of various backgrounds.
12: Oh, you, uh... You don't think we could sort of begin the begin right now?
4: Why, it's going on to one o'clock, Miss O'Shea.
12: Oh, fool, Professor! Let's get ourselves a couple of drinks, light the fire, and you start working on me right away.
4: Why, I, uh, I wouldn't think of imposing on you at this hour. Uh
12: huh. Okay, then, where do I sleep?
4: Well, I don't know. Uh, where do you live?
12: Up on Riverside, but I'm going to sleep here.
4: Here? Oh, you don't understand, Miss O'Shea. You, you see, we're bachelors. Why, no woman ever. I... <laughs> Even Miss Bla- uh, Bragg, who takes care of our needs, goes home every night at seven thirty.
12: Listen, if you want me tomorrow morning at nine thirty. 930... Oh, I
4: do, Miss O'Shea. But even the most free-thinking people must respect the. Uh, Come here, the...
12: Professor. Take off my shoe. What? Take off my shoe. Come on, go ahead. What? Yeah, that's right. Now feel that foot. Okay, Tootsie Bell. What do you say?
3: It's. Uh, it's cold.
12: It's cold and it's wet.
9: Oh, Pops, may
12: we come in? Sure, sure. Come on in, kids. Just step right over here. I want you to see something. Come here, here. Look down my throat. Oh, all right. What do you see?
2: I, uh, I don't know what to look for. There is possibly a slight rosiness in the laryngeal region.
12: Slight rosiness? It's as scarlet as O'Hara.
8: Who
4: are you? Uh, this is Dr. Magenbusch, our physiological expert. Oh. How do you. Do? And uh, Professor Robinson Law. Professor Gurkakoff sure? Physics. Yes, yeah. Dr. Pegram History. How do you do? Professor Rodley Biology.
12: Very Professor happy.
4: Quintana Fine Arts. Hiya,
12: boys. Come here, Physiology. Feel my head. For all I know, I've got a fever. Mm,
9: It's possible.
4: Certainly.
12: And this Potts fellow wants to throw me out of my tin. Oh, Oh, with the street cold
9: and the subway hot and full of germs.
12: Yeah, and I'm a pushover for streptococcus.
9: Oh, it will be
4: quite all right. We'll call you a heated taxi and furnish you with woolen socks and warm slippers.
12: How do you like that?
9: Really, I don't understand you, Potts. Why take chances with valuable material? Think of your article, Potts. Yes, yes, think of the encyclopedia. You see, they get the point. If I might venture a suggestion... Why couldn't the young lady sleep in my room? Well...
4: Professor Oddley. Oh,
9: I, I, I can bunk with Professor Robinson. I sometimes do when there's an electric storm. Yes,
2: he's afraid of thunder.
12: Well, then it's all settled. Well, I guess I'll turn in. Can I have my coat? Oh, Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, heidi-ho, fellas.
2: (laughs)
8: Heidi-ho.
4: Gentlemen. Just a moment, please, Miss O'Shea. Gentlemen, this is all highly irregular. What if this should come to the attention of the foundation? And what about Miss Bragg tomorrow?
12: Listen, what are you talking about? This is research, isn't it? I yes. am. Yes. 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 Certainly. And look, who has that guy learned so much from watching an apple drop?
9: Isaac Newton, 1642, 1727, the law of gravity.
12: Yeah, that's him. Well, I want you to look at me as another apple, Professor Potts. Just another apple. Good night, kid. <laughs>
3: In just a few moments, Mr. DeMille and our stars Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray will return in Act Two of Ball of Fire. And now, in a busy department store...
2: Well, Mary, hello. Jane! What luck meeting you. You're just the person to help me decide about this blouse. Look, would you take it in the aqua shade or in the coral? It's for
9: my black suit. Well, either shade will go then. It's just a question of which is more becoming. Um, hold this
12: to your face. Now this. Oh, goodness, I don't know. You look lovely in either, with a skin like yours.
3: Isn't it the truth? A lady with a lovely complexion can wear just about any color she pleases, and always be told it's becoming. Yes, perhaps there's nothing that makes a woman seem more beautiful than soft, flower-like skin. That's why it's so important to give your precious complexion gentle, protecting care. To neglect it a single day, you know, is to take chances with good looks. Screen stars realize this. Madeline Carroll says...
12: Complexion beauty should be cherished, so it's important to use a real beauty soap. I never neglect my daily active lather facials with Lux Toilet Soap. Any woman can give her skin this simple care that helps it stay lovely.
3: Now there's a tip worth taking. This beautiful blonde star is famous for her smooth, creamy skin. Why not try her Luxe Toilet Soap Beauty Care for 30 days? Here's the way Madeline Carroll takes an active lather facial.
12: I pat the wonderful creamy lather lightly in. I rinse with warm water and then with cool and pat my face gently with a soft towel to dry. And when I touch my skin, it feels so smooth.
3: Yes, when you use Lux Toilet Soap, you know its rich, active lather removes stale cosmetics. Every trace of dust and dirt thoroughly, but gently, too, gives your skin real beauty care. You'll enjoy the caressing touch of that creamy, abundant lather on your skin. And because every satin smooth cake of Lux Toilet Soap is hard-milled, it's truly economical to use. Get three cakes of this luxurious white soap tomorrow. Now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act Two of Ball of Fire, starring Fred McMurray as Professor Potts and Barbara Stanwyck as Sugar Puss O'Shea. Mm-hmm. Sugar Puss O'Shea is in hiding, and the Tartan Foundation is in an uproar. On the morning after her arrival, a delegation of professors appears at her bedroom door. Seven men, all carrying one small suitcase.
8: <laughs>
12: <laughs> hey, hey, nice you. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, kids. Say, so what time is it? Ten o'clock.
9: Professor Potts started the round table discussion an hour ago. He did
12: say that's devastating. And
2: this came for you, this suitcase. Yeah, who brought her? A couple of persons, of uh, peculiar names they had, too. One was called Pastrami.
12: And message, what'd they say? Well, they said it's
9: getting hotter, and to stay in the icebox like a good little salad. And this is the dressing in the suitcase. We wondered what it meant.
12: Yes. Well, I'll tell you, sweetie. Dressing is short for a dress, you see. Oh, oh yes, yes, of
2: course.
10: Gentlemen. Where are
2: you? It's Miss Bragg.
12: <gasps> oh, my goodness. Gentlemen. Sounds like mother calling kids. You better get downstairs.
2: Yes, good morning, Miss
10: O'Shea. See you're here. Well, you around, I must go. Gentlemen, where are you? Uh, we are coming, Miss Bragg. We are coming. Here we are, Miss Bragg. Uh, good morning, Miss Bragg. I would like to talk to you. I want to ask you, what were all your trousers doing in my kitchen? I wanted mine pressed. That accounts for one pair. I did too. I know. I know a boy. A boy. Seven pairs all at once? What's going on in this house, anyway? What were you doing upstairs? Uh, we, uh, we took up a suitcase. Suitcase? Whose suitcase? Well, uh, well, Miss Bragg, uh, there is. Uh, there's
3: someone staying with us.
10: Who? Who's staying with us? Well, under the pressure
9: of a very trying assignment, Professor Potts has taken a temporary assistant. Oh,
10: so we're running a hotel now? Uh, not exactly. It seems to me that. Professor Robinson, is that one of your socks over there? Where? On the floor.
2: No, not mine.
10: Why? Look, it's a woman's stocking. Gentlemen, I know Professor Pegram explains the corset he wears as due to a floating kidney. But what is the explanation of this?
12: I kids, I'm stuck. Can any of you jerk a zipper? Good heavens. The darn thing's stuck. Oh, hello, who are you? Uh, this, This is our Miss Bragg. Did you say bag? Bragg, how do you do? Greedo, you know anything about zippers? I do not. Oh, button girl, huh? Okay, come on, Gurky. Hitch me up in the back.
5: Well, I can try. Hattie,
12: boy. Now, where's this little clam bake of Professor Potts? Oh, in
5: the dining room. Oh, just across the
12: In, hall. Hall. in the dining room. Well, well, good morning, Miss Bagg. See you later, kids.
4: <gasps> come in. Oh, yes, Miss Bragg.
10: May I have a word with you, Professor Potts?
4: Oh, yes, certainly. Uh, Miss Bragg, that music, is it from next door?
10: No, from this door, from the library. And that's what I want to talk to you about.
4: What's going on in there?
10: It's that woman, Professor Potts. She's in there with the rest of the gentlemen.
4: Really? What are they doing?
10: They have just formed a La Conga line. What's that? I refuse to describe it. Professor Potts. That's the kind of woman that makes whole civilizations topple. And I warn you, either she goes or I go.
4: I don't like ultimatum, Miss Bragg, but I shall look into the matter.
10: Don't look into the matter. Look into the library.
4: Very well. <laughs>
10: Step it up, Gergie. One and two. One and two. That's it. That's
12: it. Gentlemen, please. Turn
2: off of that Posse, gramophone.
12: Please. Hiya, Potsy. Climb on the comet.
4: Uh, thank you, no. As soon as you gentlemen catch your breath, we'd better have a conference. Will you please leave the room, Miss O'Shea? But we've only just started. If you please, Miss O'Shea.
12: I'll loose tooth again. Okay, so long, boys.
4: Now, sit down, gentlemen.
2: I'll show you. Who is it? It's me, Pastrami. Open the window. Hi, Shuggy. Hello, Shuggy. Well, it's puss.
12: about time. I thought you two had amnesia and forgot where you parked me. Hold it, Shuggy, quiet. Dropping me on the doorstep like a throwaway for a credit dentist. You
8: said
11: it was for one night. Hold it, Shuggy, for Pete's sake. You're as hot as a pistol. The DA's got a hundred men
2: on the job. You tell her for strong. Yeah, yeah. They're telling us, Shuggy. it takes take us three hours to get here from 48th Street.
12: Okay, stay right there. I'll get my things together in two seconds flat. Hey, wait a minute, Shuggy.
2: We uh we got a surprise for you. Yeah, you're not leaving, Shuggy, not right now.
12: I'm not. Joe's out, isn't
2: he? For how long? They're laying for you so they can get him back.
11: That's the surprise. I'm supposed to stay in this old man's home till the moors eat holes in me. Say, when I say a surprise, I mean a surprise. Go on, Pastrami. flash it to her.
2: Put on your sunglasses, Shuggy. We got a kind of little ring here for you. A kind of diamond.
11: Oh, boy. Let me see it. Seven grand boiled into that rock, Shuggy.
12: Oh. Oh, Joe doesn't have to bribe me just because I do him a little favor. Let him try and get it back,
2: though. Oh, say, it ain't your size, is it?
12: It'll do if I have to whittle down my
11: finger. Third finger, left hand, Shuggy. Who do you think you're kidding? The future Mrs. Joe Lilac. Come again? Wedding bell, sweetheart. Joe and the lawyer have got it all figured out.
2: Yeah, yeah, a wife cannot testify against her husband, see?
11: Don't put it like that, you dope. Huh? Shuggy, Joe's been that way about you ever since he first picked you out. Yeah, but it took the DA to make him pop the question.
2: He sent you a love message. He said to tell you he gets more bang out of you than any dame he ever knew. And he's the top, Shuggy. You realize
11: that. He's the top. Yeah,
12: Mrs. Joe Lilac. Third Avenue girl in the major
11: league at last. Look, Shuggy, the wedding's got to be a fast one. Over New Jersey someplace. Now, here's the application for the license and you sign right here. Will I? You got a pen? Uh, Yeah, here.
12: Unscrew it for Mrs. Lila. Right here, right here. Go ahead, sign. Oh, boy, were well, those pajamas a good
11: investment.
2: You'll get the final dope by tomorrow morning. Joe, phone around 10 o'clock. In the meantime, lay low and stick close to the Amici. The what? The telephone. Oh,
11: oh Miss
12: Sugarpoose? Oh, duck, you guys. 10 o'clock. I'll be waiting. Okay, okay. Miss Sugarpoose? Here I am, Professor Audley, just getting a little air. What's buzzing, cousin? Uh, Professor Potts, he wishes to speak to you alone. Oh, yeah? Where?
9: In the library, Miss O'Shea. Yes. Yeah.
12: Okay. Say, what's the matter? Oh, don't worry, kids. Cheer up. Hiya, Patsy. What's cooking?
2: Shut the door, please. Sure.
4: Take this chair, please, Miss O'Shea.
12: This particular one? Okay.
4: Open your mouth, please. Huh? Open your mouth. Wider. Thank you.
12: Can I close it now? Please do. Okay.
4: Miss O'Shea, the sky is perfectly clear. The thermometer stands at 76. Your throat seems quite normal. I must ask you to leave.
12: Leave here? Why?
4: Miss O'Shea, I want you to look at our project, I mean the encyclopedia, as a voyage. A voyage from A to Z. When the Foundation launched our vessel, it very wisely followed an old rule of the sea. No women aboard. It chose a crew of single men with nothing to distract them from the course they were to sail.
12: Say, Junior, you couldn't stop walking around a little, could you?
4: For the last four days, we have been drifting, Miss O'Shea. The needle of the compass no longer points to the magnetic pole. It points, if I may say, to your uh, ankles.
12: Oh, come now, Admiral, a bunch of grown men. They've seen a pair of ankles before.
4: Not for nine years, except for the singularly uninspiring underpinnings of Miss Bragg. You must leave, Miss O'Shea. But
12: I can't leave now. How about that slang? It's not finished yet. That's a lot of words we haven't caught up with. For instance, do you know what this means? I'll get you on the Amici? Uh, No. Of course you don't. An Amici is the telephone on account of he invented it.
4: Oh, no, he didn't. Uh...
12: You know, in the movies.
4: Oh, I see what you mean. It's uh, it's very interesting. Make no mistake, I shall regret the absence of your keen mind. Unfortunately, it is inseparable from an extremely disturbing body.
12: Why, Patsy? All right, I'll go. Only don't shove. I'll leave sometime tomorrow.
4: No, not tomorrow. Right away. But
12: I tell you, I can't.
4: I insist, Miss O'Shea.
12: Oh, old crab Annie! Listen, Patsy. Crab
4: I... Annie? Why, that implies I'm puritanical and narrow-minded. Yeah. I am a perfectly normal man with perfectly normal instincts.
12: But an awful high boiling point.
4: Not even that. I, too, have been acutely aware of your presence.
12: You have?
4: Twice, to be exact. Once when you leaned over my shoulder to correct my spelling of the word hepcat. I could feel your breath on my ear. And then yesterday afternoon when you happened to stand against the window with the sunlight in your hair.
12: What did you do about it?
4: I, uh... I left the room, dipped my handkerchief in cold water, and applied it to the back of my neck, right here with the nerve center.
12: Oh, that's cute. Oh, a little sun in my hair, and you had to water your neck.
4: Well, (laughs) perhaps I shouldn't have mentioned it. I'm merely trying to point out, Miss O'Shea, the fact that the success of our entire project is at stake. I want you to cooperate. I want you to leave.
12: Oh, all right, I'll go. But if I'm going to go anyway, I guess I might as well spill it.
4: Spill it? Spill what?
12: Why do you suppose I came here in the first place?
4: Why, to help with the research?
12: I did not. I came here on account of you. Me? And not on account of you needed some slang. On account of because I wanted to see you again.
4: Miss O'Shea, the construction on account of because outrages every grammatical law.
12: So what? I came on account of because I couldn't stop thinking about you after you left my dressing room. On account of because I thought you were cute and pretty. Pretty? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just crazy, but to me, you're a regular yum-yum type. Yum-yum? Yeah. Don't you know what that means?
4: Well, no, we uh, we never got to that. Well,
12: we've got to it now, and I'm glad it's out. I'm wacky about you, just plain wacky. Can you understand that? Come here.
4: Oh, now, please, Miss O'Shea. Please, Miss O'Shea. Oh, please,
12: nothing. Put your arms around me, Patsy. Oh, no,
4: no. What are you going to do?
12: I'm going to show you what yum-yum is.
4: Oh, now, please, Miss O'Shea. Here's yum. No. <laughs>
10: Oh, Miss O'Shea. Here's the other yum. <laughs> Miss O'Shea.
12: And here's yum yum.
4: <laughs> oh, Miss O'Shea.
12: What's the matter, Patsy?
4: Uh, excuse me, I, I'd better...
12: Uh, hey, I, excuse Patsy, me. come back here. Well, come in. What, well, Miss... Uh,
4: Miss O'Shea.
12: What's the idea of running out of me like that? Oh,
4: uh, nothing. Nothing. I just... Come uh, over here. Uh, just a moment, please. Oh, Miss Bragg. Yes? Uh, will you call a taxi from the corner for Miss O'Shea, please?
10: I certainly will.
12: Oh, I'm leaving, huh?
4: Miss O'Shea, the last few minutes have only confirmed my former decision. Your further presence here would be fatal. You must get me out of your mind just as I must get you out of this house.
8: Your hair's
12: wet.
4: Well... Never mind, please.
12: Well, it is wet.
4: Well, what of it?
12: Nothing. I just happened to mention it. Well,
4: forget it, please.
12: Okay, okay.
4: Now, to get back to the subject under discussion... All right. It would be idle of me to deny that I, too, feel the affinity that you mentioned a few minutes ago very strongly. Perhaps after three years, when my work is finished, we can take up where we left off. In the meantime, I... I hope we may keep up some kind of correspondence... Would you, Miss Sugarpuss? Oh,
12: Potsy.
4: I know. That's the way I feel, too, but but it has to be. Uh, And, Miss Sugarpuss, before you go, would you... Would you uh, yum me just once more? <laughs> Professor Potts, the taxi is
10: just... Professor Potts!
4: Uh, yes? What is it?
10: The taxi is here...
4: Taxi? What taxi?
10: Miss O'Shea's or mine?
4: It's all yours, Crab Apple Annie.
12: <laughs> Who is it? Hello. Come in. Good morning, Potsy.
10: Good morning.
4: I, uh, I brought you breakfast.
12: Good. I'll have it right here in the snooze stand. Thank you.
4: How do you take your coffee?
12: Oh, just job. No cow. Just what? Black.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> Sugar? Straight. Uh, toast?
12: No, thanks.
4: You're sure you don't want some toast? Uh-uh. Well, there's some jam to go with it. it it's very good.
12: Uh-uh. I never use it.
4: Not just one bite? Uh-uh.
12: Sit down and take a load off your feet. Say, I found out what's wrong with on account of because. It's saying the same thing twice, you know, like calling somebody a rich millionaire. You call it a, a pleo. No, no, wait a minute. A plea... A pleonasm. Yeah, that's it. Who told you that? Oh, this room's full of books about Grammar. I read for a couple of hours last night.
4: I couldn't sleep either. I walked in the park till the sun came up over the East 60s. No kidding. It's a very important moment. A new chapter, in fact, for me. It's the first chapter. But what has my life been up to now? A preface. An empty forward.
12: You couldn't talk a little plainer, could you?
4: No, not if you won't have a piece of toast. I, at least just, uh, just look under the lid. What for? Please.
12: Oh. Oh, you went and bought me a present. Oh, potsy.
4: I... I hope it fits. Uh, Girkukoff calculated the circumference of your finger... I woke up the jeweler at 7 o'clock this morning.
12: Oh, it's a lovely ring, Potsy. Really, it is.
4: I, I hoped you'd like it. It's our our engagement ring.
12: Patsy, do you mean that? Yes, I do. You mean you really... You really want to... Why not? Well, what am I supposed to say?
4: Why, just say yes. After you've declared your feelings, it's the only logical step to take.
12: Patsy, don't you think you'd better take another turn around the park?
4: Why? Oh. I'm just as surprised as you. Marriage. I thought I was married to my books, and, and then you... You see, I've had a rather curious life. I graduated from Princeton when I was 13. I uh, I recited Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright when I was a year old. and Before I was two, I could read fluently. People like that just... Well, you see, dust just piles up on their hearts. And it took you to blow it away.
12: Yeah, but I... I didn't mean to blow it smack into your eyes. Hello, kids. There's a telephone call for you, Miss O'Shea. For me? We didn't want to interrupt, but
9: the man on the wire said it was from your daddy. Daddy?
3: That's what he said.
12: Oh. Oh, yes, daddy. It's long distance. Oh, yeah, I'll get it. Just tell him to hold on. I'll be right down. Hello? Hello?
11: Hello, Shuggy. This is Asma. Listen. Joe Lannock wants to talk to you, only we're relaying the call so it won't be traced. Dig me? I got her. Yes, she is, boss. Okay, Shuggy. Don't use no names, though. Put them
12: on. Hi, Shuggy. Oh, boy, did you call at the right minute. Where are you?
3: Uh, some whistle snort New Jersey. Red Coker's as called.
4: How you been, I hear you're hiding out with the seven dwarfs.
12: Eight. And it's kind of indicated I'd better get out of here quick. Yeah? Why? Oh, one of the professors got off the beam a little. A slight case of Andy Hardy. Well,
3: listen, Shuggy. Everything's all set. A license comes through this afternoon, and I got adjusted to the piece all lined
12: up. Yeah, well, how am I going to get there?
3: That's uh, so what we're trying to figure out.
4: I don't want you to take a train. It's watching like
12: a lead time. I don't care if I have to hook a ride on a hearse. I want to get out of here. I don't like it.
4: May we come in a moment?
12: Oh, uh, well, uh, what other news is there, Daddy? Huh? How is Mama, Daddy? Hey,
8: what are you talking
12: about? Oh, that's fine. Just a minute, Daddy. Uh, Pottsy, I won't be long. Just wait in the library.
4: Uh, Do you mind if I have a few words with your father first?
12: Oh. Oh, well, uh, sure. Oh, Daddy, this is the professor I was telling you about. Are you nuts? Here he is, Daddy. Hello, Hello,
4: listen. Hello, uh, Mr. O'Shea. My name is Bertram Potts. I uh, I judge your daughter has already told you of my aspirations in her regard.
3: Hey, what's going on
4: there? Oh, you're you're quite right, Mr. O'Shea. It's it's inexcusable for one to introduce oneself to one's future father-in-law over the telephone, but before entrusting your daughter's future happiness to my care, I, I'm sure you ought to know all about me. Oh, oh, sure, sure, why not? Well, as character reference, you might get in touch with the head of the Rockefeller Institute, uh, the foundation, and the president of Princeton. And I may say I am in excellent physical condition. Except for occasional trouble with my left sinus.
8: Uh-huh. Well, how's your digestion, son?
4: Oh, very good. Very good, sir. And I uh, I draw a salary of $3,200 per year.
8: Oh, that's fine. That's fine.
4: And, Mr. O'Shea, I'd like to marry your daughter as soon as possible. Oh, yeah? Uh, say, uh, wait a minute.
2: Uh, sure, sure. Good idea.
4: Oh, I'm glad you understand, uh, look,
2: sir. Look, uh, uh, what did you say your name was?
4: Bertram Potts.
2: Bertram. Uh, well, Bertram... Uh, well, I, I don't know if Sugar Puss told you, but she's our only child.
4: Oh, I'll do everything I can, Mr. O'Shea, to make her happy.
3: Good. Uh, and one thing more, Bertram. A mom is kind of an invalid. You know, doesn't do any traveling, you know. But it would just break her heart not to see Sugar Puss married. You understand that?
4: Oh, of course, sir. Sure, sure.
3: So suppose you just bring the kid right down here. Uh, we want to see you, and, and let's have the ceremony in our hometown, Rancopas.
4: Why, of course, Mr. O'Shea. May I call you father, Mr. O'Shea? Sure, sure, I like it Oh, thank you, Father Now, uh, let me speak to my daughter Oh, certainly, sir uh, Here, he
12: wants to speak to you Hello, Daddy
4: Well, Shuggy, this solved your transportation That
3: jack was made to order
12: I don't get it, Daddy
3: Look, who's going to stop the Rockefeller Foundation at Princeton University? I'll get a couple of the other
12: old beavers to come along in the car Yeah, well, maybe there's some other way I uh, I don't want to take them for that kind of a ride Oh, that's quite all right I'll take a couple of days off No, and uh, listen cut out I... the mackankie,
3: Shuggy sketch get you their cloaks. Now, once you're here, we'll give the professors the boat easy like. or it won't blind them.
12: Yeah, but I don't now, like... just
3: one thing. Watch out for the Washington Bridge. It'll be swarming with cops. So long, Shuggy.
12: Wait, listen, you...
4: What's the matter, dear? Oh, he's always in such a rush. <laughs> Which is my great good fortune. The sooner the better.
9: Is it all settled, Potts?
4: Is everything fixed? Everything is fine. Oh, good. Gentlemen... I now have the honor to announce our betrothal. My oh.
9: Very sensibly condensed as in the Reader's Digest.
2: I want to be a usher. Yeah, we all want to be yes, usher. One kisses the bride, may I?
9: Oh, we'll all kiss the bride. Okay. My dear, we are very happy. Thank you. We feel that you are marrying all of
2: us a little.
12: Yes, yes, indeed. Thanks a lot. Well, if we're going to get started this afternoon, I better get going, huh? I'll go up and pack my holes Certainly. Certainly. Certainly.
8: Oh.
10: What are you doing in my room, Miss Gregg? I came up to show you the morning paper. Sugarpuss O'Shea missing in citywide search. Gangster's mall disappears. Mm, kind of a cheesy picture of me, isn't it? Recognizable, thank heaven. Wait a minute. Get your things together and get down the back stairs before I call the police. I've got something to say, Miss Bragg. Gangster's mall thinking she'd marry one of my professors. Oh, don't worry. I'm not marrying any professor. Certainly not. We'll have this room fumigated when you're out of it. Well, you ought to, I guess. Sit down a minute. Let me pass, please. Oh, no, no, Brago. Any spilling that's done,
12: I'll do. But not yet. If you think I'll hold I'll my Now, look thumb. at it this way, Brago. The harm's been done. Hotsi's gonna wear his heart in a sling, whether he finds out sooner or later. Here or in New Jersey won't make any difference to him. Only in New Jersey is a darn side better for me. Better for you, indeed. Get out of my way. Oh, no. Open no. that door or I'll scream. No, Brago, I can't have you screaming. Not now. Let me go. Brago, you wouldn't want me to sock you. Let go. Cut it out now. Ah! Look! <laughs> Sorry, Brago. But I got a date in Rancocus.
3: We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. After a brief intermission, Mr. DeMille presents Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray in Act Three of Ball of Fire. And now for a moment, let's drop in at a party where boys in army uniforms are dancing with girls dressed in their prettiest.
1: I like that song, Betty. Sweet and lovely. You know something, Betty? That's the way I always think of you.
3: Sweet and lovely. Now there's about the nicest compliment a man could pay a woman. And it's the way a man likes to think of the girl who's captured his heart. So it's a clever girl who does everything possible to live up to that ideal. It's a clever girl who knows the importance of sweet, fragrant skin and never takes chances with the charm that wins. The charm of daintiness. Especially when it's so easy to make sure with the Screen Stars Beauty Soap Lux Toilet Soap. Screen Stars, you know, use their gentle complexion soap as a daily bath soap, too. For Lux Soap has such rich, creamy lather, active lather that carries away every trace of dust and dirt from the skin. Leaves it beautifully fresh and sweet. Now here's what one of our loveliest Hollywood stars, Rosalind Russell, says.
12: The girl who wants to be attractive makes daintiness sure. A daily Lux Soap Beauty Bath does the trick. Leaves skin delicately perfumed, too, with a wonderful fragrance that clings.
3: If you haven't tried it, why not make this luxurious perfumed bath part of your daily beauty routine? You'll find Lux Toilet Soap lathers easily and quickly. It gives a creamy, soothing lather. It's like a caress to the skin. So take a tip from Hollywood. Make sure you're sweet and lovely. Make sure of daintiness, the easy, delightful, luxe toilet soap way. Now, Mr. DeMille returns to the microphone. Act three of Ball of Fire, starring Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck. The wedding party is headed for New Jersey. In a rented car, they speed at 20 miles an hour, along the road to Rancocas. Professor Gerkakoff is driving, but he's none too sure of himself. Suddenly a signpost looms up in front of the car. The car swerves and skids.
12: Hello? Hello, Joe? Shuging! Where are you? Listen, Joe, we had an accident. An accident? Oh, nothing serious. It just shook the old boys up a little. I couldn't get to a phone before. Oh, where are you? Oh, I don't know. It's in some kind of an auto court near Kingston. Poplar Grove, it's called.
3: What's the number of your bungalow?
12: What's the difference? In
3: case I want to reach
12: you. Wait a minute. I'll look. Huh. Lucky me. It's 13.
3: 13, eh? Okay.
12: Listen, Joe, don't call me here. There's a midnight bus. I can grab that.
3: Midnight bus? What are you talking about? I'll have Aspen Pastrami pick you up in about 40 minutes. Oh,
12: Joe, why not do the thing right? I want to wait until the old boys have gone to bed. I can't walk out on them cold.
3: Maybe you'd like to sit down and knit them eight sweaters to remember you by. Well,
12: I told you how it's going to be. Now stop barking orders. So long.
9: I, will, oh, I tell you, it was just bad driving. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. I could prove to you by the laws of relativity that it was not I who ran into the signpost, but the signpost which
1: ran into me. before you go
12: into this, I think I'll say good night. I want to hit the hay and get some sleep. Why, the evening is young yet. No, I don't belong here. This is a bachelor dinner.
1: Ah, but
4: this one is different.
12: Well, like the law.
4: We've heard from the garage. The car will be ready in the morning. Perhaps it will hold together till we get to Rancocas. We'll be leaving early.
9: Uh, what time shall we awaken you? About
12: 7.30? Oh, I'll be awake, all right. Well, kids... Here's to you. Sweet Hi,
4: evening. Good, evening. Good night, Patsy.
12: Good night. Patsy, I... Uh, you know, you boys still have time to warn him. A man is a goof to marry any woman.
9: Just let them try to warn me. He'll have to console us that there aren't seven more just like you.
12: Yes, one for
9: each of us. Of a ages,
2: of course.
12: You know, I'd... I'd like to keep you all in the locket always. Eight squirrely cherubs right out of this world. Goodbye,
8: kids. Good night. Good night.
4: Good night, Good night, gentlemen. Oh, uh oh, Gurkhakov. Uh, yes, Potts. Did you uh did you hear what Audley was saying about marriage? Yes. Well, I'm a little worried. I think I ought to talk to him again. What's his bungalow number? Let me see. Uh, Adley is in 13. 13? 13. Uh, that's right over there. His light is out. He's probably ready for bed. Oh, I don't think he'll mind. Good night. Good night, Bob. Oddly, may I come in? Uh, don't turn on the light, Oddly. I, I, I prefer to discuss these things in the dark. Oddly, the things you were telling me before, I... I recognize the beauty and delicacy of the relationship you described, but... Well, I'm... I don't trust myself. I'm afraid I'm a lot bolder than you are, Audley. You see, I... I'm a man in love. It's the first time in my life. I want to take her in my arms. I think of her every waking moment. Why, if this marriage had been delayed, I... I mean, should have been delayed. I mean, should be. Uh, listen to that, oddly I, I don't know my tenses anymore. I've gone goofy, completely goofy. Audley. What? Oh, I... I'm sorry. Oh,
12: don't, don't leave, Patsy. Well, I,
4: I don't know how I could have made such a mistake. You'll have to forgive me, please.
12: Oh, don't apologize, Patsy. It, it was illuminating. Would you kiss me, Patsy?
4: Well, if you, if you think.
12: Oh yes, yes, I do. Professor, Professor uh,
8: Potts.
4: Somebody. Professor uh, Somebody's Patsy. calling me. Are they? Yes, maybe it's just as well.
12: Maybe. Good night.
4: Good night.
1: Uh, Professor Potts.
4: Right here. What's the matter? Uh,
1: Potts, something has come up.
9: Well, what? Well, I, I, uh, you'd better tell him, Gherkakov. Uh, maybe maybe he'd better tell him. Uh, yes, yes.
2: He? Who? Uh, Potts, there's a, a, a
9: gentleman here. No, 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 there's a, a man here. No, no, a men. Yes, yes, there, yeah. uh,
2: oh, they'll tell you. Who
4: are they?
9: Over here in the office. One of them is called Joe Lyle. Uh, come on in, gents.
3: Just me cover that door. well, sure, yes, watch the window. Okay, boss. Oh, so you're the bridegroom, eh? Huh? Yes, this is Professor Ah, uh, Hiya, Bertram. I thought you'd look like these other squats, only with a beard and pea soup on it. What is this all about?
4: <laughs> Maybe you recognize my voice, Bertram. Oh, do you? How's your sinus? Why, you're not her father. You're getting warm. I'm her daddy. I believe I'm entitled to some clarification. Yeah? Well, so am I. What's that on your
3: face? Lipstick?
11: Lipstick! Oh, shut, up, shut up!
3: Shut up! I was kind of counting on Sugar Puss to tell you the score. Trouble is, when it comes to leveling off, she gets chicken.
1: He's trying to say that our wedding trip was nothing but a vast lie. A
2: vast lie, don't you believe it, Boytram? There's going to be a wedding, all right. The Sugar Puss, the bride, only I am the bridegroom. But it seems that you're bride-to-be. It his bride. <laughs> That's a laugh. It seems
3: Sugar Puss has used us to circumvent the police. We're serving as protective coloration. Yes. I don't believe it. Now, Professor, you didn't really think she was going to marry you. with your 3000 a year? <laughs> she spends that much for having her toenails painted. Eh, you don't believe it. Look at him. All right, suppose you go and tell Sugar Push that Daddy's
9: here. Boss, Boss, listen, it's a cop. Get away from that window, quick. Come in.
12: Patsy.
4: There's a Mr. Lilac waiting for you. Yeah, I know. The situation has been excla- explained to me in simple terms. You don't have to worry about the police. I told them you and he left a half an hour ago. Probably were in Trenton by now.
12: Thanks, Patsy.
4: Thanks. For what? You've given us all a fine course in the theory and practice of being a sucker. It was a very small tuition fee. Perhaps it wasn't quite worthy of you choosing us as the subjects of your demonstration. Eight pushovers, like shooting fish in a barrel...
12: I didn't want you to get it this way, not right in the face. I've been. I've been sitting here trying to write you a letter. Here are all my excuses.
4: This page is blank. That's right. The handwriting of a. What would be your word for it?
12: My word? A tramp.
3: Listen, Shuggy, I'm losing patience, see? I got that justice waiting now. What do you say?
12: I said no, and I still say no. Hey, of
3: course, we gotta get out of here. Shut up. Look, Shuggy, what's that professor guy got on you? I
12: love him. She loves him. Yeah, I love him. I love those hick shirts he wears with the boiled cups and the way he always has his vest button wrong. Looks like a giraffe, and I love him. I love him because he's the kind of a guy that gets drunk on a glass of buttermilk. I love him because he doesn't know how to kiss. Oh, I'll never see him again. But I'm not going to marry you. Not if you tie a ton of cement around my neck and throw me into the East River like you did all the others.
3: All right. I guess you'd better talk to your professor. Get him on the phone, Harry. That foundation joint. Leave him out of this. Imagine that big giraffe at the bottom of the East River. Now, you wouldn't like that to happen to him, would you, Sugar Bridge?
12: That ain't funny, McGee. Who
3: said it's funny? Hello,
12: New York. Endicott 215. I mean
3: business. That is, if you don't say I do, like a nice little bride... You can't do this, Joe. It's too late, Shuggy. The pressure's on already. What
12: is this, putting the screws on me?
3: You said it. And right where it'll do the most good. Neighborhood of the heart.
2: Hello, this is Harry. Hang on. Here you are,
3: boy. You take it, Shuggy. Who's that on the phone? The Totten Foundation. But you'll be speaking to Pastrami.
12: Hello?
2: Hello, Shuggy. How's the kid?
12: What are you doing there, Pastrami?
2: I oh, just dropped in on the professors. Yeah, ask me and me with our little old shotgun. We're all sitting around waiting...
12: Waiting for what?
2: Mm, orders from the boss.
12: For orders. Oh yeah, I get it.
3: Can we make a deal now, Shuggy?
12: Sure we can, brother Rat. put Patsy on. I want to speak to him.
2: Okay. Take it, Potts. A lady friend of yours. Hello.
12: Patsy. Patsy, listen.
4: Your friends are here, Miss O'Shea. They're holding us all prisoners for some reason or other. I don't know the exact purpose of this maneuver or what can be gained from us, but I hope it works out to your advantage.
12: It'll be alright in a little while. They won't hurt anybody. Just, just don't do anything foolish. Promise me, Patsy. Here. Yeah.
3: Okay, Bajram. Put Pastrami back
4: on. He wants to talk to you,
2: Mr. Pastrami. Yeah. Hello, boss.
3: Now listen, Pastrami. Yeah? Suggy and I get married. When it's
2: all over, I'll call you. Okay, boss, we'll wait. We'll dismiss the class right after the ceremony. That's it. So long. So long. Uh, congratulations, boss. We can do something. Go, go, go on. Get back, you guys. Yeah. Get back. Pardon my. me. But did you say
4: after the ceremony?
2: That's what I
4: said. Do you mean they're not married yet? What do you think we're doing here? Well, I didn't know.
2: I thought... Uh... Yeah, yeah, a little trouble with Sugar Puss's vocal cords. Wouldn't say yes. She wouldn't say yes? No.
4: Why, you very ugly young man, do you know that to me at this moment you look perfectly delightful? Huh? I mean absolutely beautiful. Are you nuts? Gentlemen, this visit is no longer a mystery. Apparently, it requires those two machine guns leveled on us to force Sugarpuss to marry Mister Lilac. That explains everything. Break
9: it up! Break it up! We can't allow that. No, no, indeed, young man. You see, we all love this young lady very dearly. Get back, you guys! I'm warning you. In union, there is strength, Mister Pastame. If we rush them all at once, gentlemen, perhaps only two or three of us will be killed. Cut it out now! Get them, gentlemen! Hurry, hurry. Mr. Pastrami said the ceremony was to be at Fulham, New Jersey. Gentlemen, I've been meaning to ask. Uh, was anybody shot? Uh, just I, I believe. A slight wound in the finger. See, gentlemen? Oddly. You're a hero. No. Oh, please. Putz, Pats, uh, what's that book you're reading?
4: A volume I picked up in the library. It's called The Manly Art of Self Defense. A very interesting maneuver in here, gentlemen, is called The Old One
8: Two. <laughs>
2: Justice, let's get going. Repeat after me, please. I, Joseph
11: Lilac. I, Joseph Lilac. Head of Murder Incorporated. Shut up, Shim. Take thee, Catherine O'Shea. Take thee, Catherine O'Shea. Who, Who
12: hates you. and despises you. To
11: be my lawful wedded wife. To be my lawful
3: wedded wife. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. For, worse. for richer or poorer, in sickness uh. and in health. For richer or poorer, in sickness and in health.
12: I'm sick right now.
3: For heaven's
9: sake, what's all that? Forget it. Keep going. Uh. Keep going, keep going. To love and to cherish. To love and to cherish? There they are. Perfect. Grab the their guns, gentlemen. Hey, look over me. Hey, what is this? This, Mr. Lilac, is what is known as an upstick. No, no, a stick up. Keep them covered, gentlemen. <laughs> Professor Pegram, you call the police, please. You like it? You like it?
4: Oddly, stand by that window. Gurkha you watch the door. Now, Mr. Lilac, just step up here, please. Listen, you can't get away with this. Mr. Lilac, put up your fist, please, in an attitude of defense. Defense, huh? I'll murder you, you. <laughs> Mr. Lilac is a maneuver known as the Old One 2 Oh! Like and yeah. yeah. Where shall we hold, oh, hold in the in settlement?
8: Right
2: here.
9: Gentlemen, gentlemen, I suggest that Professor Potts and Miss Sugar could be married at once in Rancogos.
12: Oh, oh
8: no, no, no. Listen,
12: you squirrely chirps, you eight-wise idiots, it wouldn't work. Remember, Patsy, no women aboard. And now, above all women, you want to take a dizzy dame like me.
9: If you will allow me, I can prove to you the inevitability of this step by higher mathematics. Oh. I can cite examples from history or but from I'll geography.
2: It... <laughs> Two rivers converging irresistibly.
9: Oh, it yes, indeed. I can prove it to you by examples from literature. Yes, in biology too. Well, all oh. of them. Gentlemen, as a
4: grammarian, I know when words cease to be of use. There remains one argument. Come here, dear. Kiss me, please.
12: Oh no, please, Patsy. No, I. Oh, Patsy, darling.
4: You see, gentlemen. <laughs>
3: Leaving the professor and Sugar Puss O'Shea to live happily ever after, we return to the Lux Radio Theater and a curtain call for Barbara Stanwyck and
4: Fred McMurray, who gave ball of fire
3: quite a whirl tonight.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's a pleasure to come back, C.B. The first time I ever worked here, Barbara was on the other side of the microphone, just as she is tonight.
12: Five or six years ago, wasn't
4: it? Nearly six, Barbara. When we get a good
3: idea, we stick with it. And one of our best ideas is the team of Stanwyck and McMurray.
4: That sounds rather like a uh, vaudeville life.
12: Oh, say, speaking of vaudeville, whatever happened to that saxophone you used to play, Fred?
4: <laughs> it's under lock and key.
12: Oh, that seems a shame.
4: I guess you've never heard me play the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> we will, Fred. For six years, I've been looking
3: for a play that will require your services on that instrument. I haven't given up yet, so
4: you'd better start uh, root tooting. <laughs> How are you going to fix it up with the neighbors?
12: Well, I'll tell you, Fred. Just send over a few cakes of Lux Soap, and everything will be all right. <laughs> You know, there's something about Lux Soap that makes friends for life. I've used it for years.
3: I think you're practically a charter member of the Lux Soap fan club, Barbara.
4: Have you picked out a play for next week yet, C.B.?
3: The audience picked it, Fred. They've been asking for this Paramount hit for weeks. The play is Arise, My Love. And our stars will be Loretta Young and Ray Milland. Arise, My Love is a romantic comedy with a background of exciting adventure. The Adventures of an Aviator and a Newspaper Woman Caught in Europe as War Sweeps the Continent. Perfect parts for Ray Land and Loretta Young. Well, that's and perfect got... entertainment for us next Monday night.
12: <laughs> got so excited. That's got everything it takes to thrill an audience, C.B. Good night. <laughs> Good night,
3: C.B. Good night. Good night. <laughs> all the Fire was a 4 on performance. <laughs> Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, Join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Loretta Young and Ray Milan in Arise, My Love. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. Barbara Stanwyck will soon be seen in the Warner Brothers picture, The Gay Sisters. Fred McMurray's next picture is the Paramount production, Take a Letter, Darling. Heard in tonight's play... Felix Valley, Griff Barnett, Leo Cleary, Bruce Payne, and Norman Field as professors, Warren Ash as Joe Lilac, Werner Felton as Miss Bragg, Edwin Max as Pastrami, Frank Penny as Asma, and Arthur Q. Bryan, Charles Peck, and Tyler McVeigh. Tune in next Monday night to hear Ray Miland and Loretta Young in Arise, My Love. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers, and your announcer has been Melville Ruick. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: Come hang out and chill
0: with Brian A. Davis and the Bad B. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on thatmetalstation.com.